Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. Welcome to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. That's right, it is Sunday nights. Welcome and uh, thank you for your company. Three hours packed with time to review the weekend of sport across Australia. Uh, thank you for your company. Jen Wallace is my name, going to be joined as well in the studio by Paul Heath across the show. And we are both here ready to talk with you about all things sport. I mean, AFL action, the winners in round four, Melbourne, Geelong, Sydney Swans, West Coast Eagles, Richmond, Frio, Essendon, St Kilda, Gold Coast Suns. How have your tipping gone? How's your tipping gone? There's a few, I suppose, tricky ones, a few upsets. I don't know. Mine hasn't gone great. I'll reveal to you where I'm sitting, but don't hold your breath. It's not good. <laughs> it hasn't been the greatest, of course. And just finishing off the AFL weekend there with a brilliant game. Uh, Carlton, unfortunately for them, losing their you know, prime player, Cripps, early in the game. But Gold Coast Suns, victors there across the Sunday. Essendon, desperate. They needed the win that they got against Adelaide starting off the Sunday action. It was a really, uh, for Essendon, a do-or-die situation and they got up West Coast similarly across Saturday. A great win for them too. What of the teams that they lost to though? What does it make of Collingwood and Adelaide? We know Port Adelaide are still searching for a victory for them. The pressure continues to build. So plenty of talking points amongst all of the weekend's action AFL-wise. Uh, Heater, Welcome. G'day, how are you? I'm fantastic, mate, fantastic. Good to be back with you. Oh, and you. one one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line and 0433-981116. Peter, we know you're a Frio supporter. Oh, yeah. So, look, let's let's start there. Well, <laughs> okay. good, good a place to start as <laughs> any. Good, yep. good a place to start as any for a little bit of a wrap. But, mm. you know, th- three-quarter time, only two points in it. Yeah. You must have been a little bit nervous at that point. Tap the wife on the leg and I said, let's hit the buses um, because I don't like where this is headed. But <laughs> the Dockers made a statement and it feels like uh, a few people are starting to see what the point of it all is, maybe. That, you know, the six goals straight, it didn't open up. It was over a tiring team. So there's enough negatives that you can say about how the Dockers finished the game off. But they're 3-1. and one. Yep. They are 3-1. The, the Bombers on vibe. Third. I didn't know they were 0-3. Before today. Did you not? No. Like, Port Adelaide, they are reeking of an 0-4 team at the moment. (laughs) You know, like, there's no – they walk into a room, you can smell them immediately. But the Bombers didn't have that smell about them yet. And then they played pretty well today. But the Dockers, it's maybe starting to click. It is. Yeah. It does seem that way, especially that that fourth quarter. It's always been something that's probably been a bit of a – 
uh, an issue maybe in the past. So how would you like to go about it? Do you want to go through the round from, from start to finish? Do you want to work backwards from what's just finished to the start? What, where's your brain sitting let's, at? Let's Did start you... with, uh, what is it, like recency bias. <laughs> recency bias. <laughs> let's start <laughs> off with what we just saw because possibly the most unexpected result of the weekend, Gold Coast, take down Carlton. Mm-hmm. Carlton for sure, injuries. Yes. You know, it looked like they had pit net before the game go out. They were already short. Cripps goes down early. Uh, we also saw Harry get a decent tap on the nose, which he uh, fought back through. But, yeah, um, not an unexpected result because Gold Coast is always a bit of a banana peel up there uh, at Metricon for it's teams like the place. Gold Coast, yeah. uh, for uh, teams like Carlton, because I know being a supporter of a team like Fremantle, they're also someone that would go to the Gold Coast and quite happily hand over the four points in uh, times gone by. So, yeah, interesting round and also interesting to see. Unfortunately, the Blues sort of have a little dent put in their credentials, but the Suns coming together a little bit as well. And Casbolt kicking the goal, getting the Suns jumper out. He almost missed the goal. He was too worried about the celebration, but loved it. Yeah, it's good. it was a good time. There's been a couple of um, exciting uh, celebrations across the show, uh, across the weekend, of course, in footy. And they always in- interest me. Some are very physical. Some have quite a threatening appeal to them as well. But, yeah, as you say, when someone's sort of roaming through and looking to <laughs> maybe sort out the, the celebration We're worried about before that. the job's there, that's like the uh, Herschel Gibbs, you know, you've just dropped the World oh, Cup, isn't yeah. it? You're celebrating before. Don't do that. Make sure of it first. Should we hit the open line? Absolutely. Peter? All right. Let's, Let's hear from uh, 1300 736 736. If you want to get involved this uh, Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon, wherever you are around Australia, because it's been a fun weekend of AFL and also AFLW. The grand final yesterday was fantastic. Um, well done once again to the Adelaide Crows. Like Just dominant. Talk about dynasty. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you look at it, there's been five, six seasons of which five grand finals were played because of the year affected by COVID. Mm. And uh, they've won three. Yeah. Three, and they've been in four. So, yeah, you, you're right. D- Dynasty there. There's some legacy players Depth. to talk about yeah. in, in when you talk about Adelaide Crows and Erin Phillips particularly. And I think, you know, even if she does make the decision to then move on to Port Adelaide, her legacy at um, Adelaide Crows is locked and loaded and she can actually only probably greaten her legacy to the entire game. I didn't know that was a thing, Jenny. I did not know that was a thing. That is, as, as far as a thought, that is awesome. If that was, you're, I don't think she could go any back any further on her legacy like she's done it all yeah at Adelaide and then grows the football within the state even more by going to Port Adelaide like that's that's pretty sick yeah so (laughs) I I think I I feel like that's where it's going to go but um yeah as I said I don't think I don't think it should be seen as a bad thing I think it should only be seen as a good thing and can add to her legacy let's chat with Flynn welcome to Sunday nights Flynn how you going good thanks how you doing fantastic you're on with Jen and Paul what did you want to speak about today oh um just about the Saints, that game that we just came from. Um, I don't think I've seen a kid come on the stage like Max King as a key position player as the number mm. one option. What he's doing right now is years ahead. If you look at all the other players around his age, like Logan McDonald and the Bugle Hagens that are in that bracket, he's just, oh, he might win the Coleman. He's that good. And he has that sort of undefined quality, which is like he gets the team up and about. When he comes up at a mark, takes it at the high point, the crowd gets behind him, but then it feels like he gets the boys up and about as well in the Saints. Yeah, exactly right. There's a, the crowd gets up and about when the ball is going in his area and you can just see that he's got a carry-like presence. I hate to say it. He's, like, he's <laughs> got a, just a presence. As soon as the ball's in his area, everyone's looking at him and 
whether he takes the mark or not, he always brings it to ground and gives the um, crumbers such as Hill, who has probably had his best game in the Saints uniform, mm. gives them all uh, um, yeah an opportunity to kick goal on the ground. Well, he he has like what he what did he end up with four four goals for the day. He kicks three in the fourth quarter, and as you said, it's the fact that he can bring it to ground so he can halve the contest and keep his players. Uh, you know, moving forward in that sense and staying in the attacking area. So I think Max Kinn, he's just, he's dominating the headlines and for very, very good reasons. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to have his brother up there in a few years, hopefully down the other end. <laughs> um, but um, uh, yeah, at the moment, I think we're pretty happy with Max. And the fact that he's flipped to four, I think we're also pretty happy with that. Because at the time, I think Lloyd, he was his coach at school and he said that he's the best kid in the draft by far just if it wasn't for the knee injury he would have definitely gone number one so yeah half our life that he's a St Kilda boy growing up and now he's doing what he's doing on on the big stage um good luck stopping him so if you get both kings into that Saints team Flynn are they both playing down forward or are you bookending them no I'd bookend them yeah personally I think yeah, I don't think we need both of them down there. <laughs> Memory's a good second option. Oh, we've got Marshall also goes down there. Um, yeah, I would I would definitely bookend them. Um, but yeah, shout out to Brad Hill as well. Been, there's no harsher critic than Brad Hill than myself, but <laughs> he was unreal today. Most certainly. Uh, Flynn, I feel like you uh, would relate to my friend Jamie very well, who... Didn't like him coming to the Dockers. Uh, I sat with Jamie at the uh, Dockers Saints game where we got to see King, you know, take full effect for that quarter last week. And some of the rhetoric that my friend was throwing out around Brad Hill years after he's gone now, <laughs> you know, he's still hanging on to it, but can certainly understand where you're coming from in that one, Flynn. That was a great game from Hilly today. Yeah, it definitely was. And I think um, a lot of the criticism has been definitely fair. I think when you're looking at the pay package, it's always going to get talked about when he's not performing. But... I wouldn't lay all the blame solely on him. I think him coming off half-back, I don't know if he's ever been a half-back or ever will be. I think it's partly the coaching staff's fault. I like him forward of centre where he can create and be damaging rather than coming off the half-back line worrying about an opponent and whatnot. But, um, yeah, he looks better off the ground. And I think Sinclair going to the middle as well was long overdue. He provides something different along with Gresham, which was badly needed. So sitting in the, in the top four, St Kilda, I think, you know, little... Eyes on the prize for the for finals, starting to get excited about even even though there's a long season to come. Up next, Gold Coast Suns. How are you feeling about that fixture? Yeah, I think well, I'm pretty confident going into that one. If, if it goes the way I think it will, I'll start clearing September. There's no because <laughs> um, with the way we're playing right now, I mean, obviously it's only three weeks in a row. But the Freo game, we mean three Freo three and one, and we went over there and beat them and. Um, one quite convincingly against the Richmond team that knocked off the dogs last night, albeit they're not going great, the dogs. But, um, yeah, I think what we're doing right now, if we can knock over Gold Coast, then it's on to the Giants, who are struggling a bit on the Friday night stage and go from there. But I'm thinking September's looking better and better each week. <laughs> I agree with you. I think you should. You can at least start to think about it. So, yeah, maybe we chat next week and see how you've gone against <laughs> Gold Coast Suns and we can chat September plans then. Yeah, I look forward to it. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about King again. Thanks, Flynn. Great to talk to you here on Sunday nights. Thanks for having me. Yeah, a lot to be excited about at St Kilda, that's for sure. And, I mean, after so many years of perhaps having that little bit of a sneak of delivering now, could be the time. But, yeah, someone like King and just – he was – was it the third quarter, I think, against the Dockers where he just – well, they the Saints took the game by the scruff of the neck from there and – 
he kicked three or four in a row. And, you know, you have Luke Ryan, who's an All-Australian defender down there, a couple others trying to chop out. They couldn't get near his hands mm. to, to, to stop the ball coming in. So, but I just love that element of, uh, yeah, that, that sort of thing you can't quite uh, define, that he gets the boys up and about. You know, when there's that team lifter of a goal, if he kicks four team lifters in a quarter, like, so the Saints are going to win, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's right. And that's the thing with um, Hilly, isn't it, that it's why, you know, yourself as a uh, Frio supporter, myself mm. as a Frio supporter as well, that you do have little, you know, even within my family, there was a comment made when, uh, you know, we, we're seeing what Hilly's done and that little, you hear the comment from the living room going, oh, doing it over there, isn't he? You know, just, <laughs> he has that so for some reason. That is what comes out yeah. when it comes to Hilly. But yeah. uh, for St Kilda, you know, they've still got injury issues of their own as well. But you know, they just seem to be going well. Three consecutive wins. Yep. There's no wonder some Saints you know, are happy. Mm -hmm. They're yep. marching in. So uh, big win for them over Hawthorne. I didn't see that coming. I didn't no. think. I thought it was a big close game. I wasn't sure which way to go with my tips. But I didn't see it coming, mm. blowing out the other way. Our um, compatriot in the office, Jimmy Worms, is a big St Kilda fan. And I said... I don't think the Saints are any chance this week. Yeah, right. Up, because I thought the Hawks are pretty good, you know, um, last week, um, just getting pushed over. Uh, they just lost to the Blues. But he was he was confident. He was sure of it. And, I mean, he must have known that performance was coming. So, yeah, pretty good by the Saints. A couple of cheeky texts coming through <laughs> on 0433981116. Max King will look great in a son's top in a few years when he joins his brother, it can go both ways, Saints supporters. I didn't. I didn't want to ask Flynn because we would have got you know, you know, in the weeds with like draft capital and that sort of stuff. But I was interested to see how he would have uh, got the deal done. Would he be sending any players up to the Gold Coast to uh, get, uh, yeah, Ben on his way back? Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that is always going to be there, isn't it? With uh, the brother angle and yeah, people wanting to see them, even if they never said that they wanted to play. Side by side, it's always, oh, you've got to have the brothers play together in a team. Yeah, Dacos know? brothers yeah. in Collingwood. Yeah, yeah it, it is something that uh, Swans, who am I thinking of? McCartans. Oh, there was, and the Warners as well. Yeah. There. Yep. So um, it always that family connection does. Yeah. Well, Hills, when it was over in, in Frio, that connection was made there. Uh, from Moondog on the text line, Hawks were horrible, two and two. That's what we are, an average side. We're going to lose more than we win. Lots of work to do. Thanks, Moondog. So get your text coming through, 0433. 98 11 16 and the open line 1300 736 736 we'll be taking more of your calls here on sunday nights in just a moment stick around you with jen wallace and paul heath live around australia on sen and streaming on the sen app you're listening to sen sunday nights with jenny wallace get involved on 1300 736 736 Charlie Kerno takes a free kick inside 50, swings the ball around, and if you don't mind, Charlie, what a way to start. First minute of the game, Carton going to attack, Charlie Kerno gets the free kick, immediately plays on, and the first goal of the game, in the first minute of the game here at Metricon Stadium. Ball goes inside 50 again for the Gold Coast, Lacosa trying to kick the ball off the ground, ineffective, have a chance to recover though, handball to Anderson, a standing snapshot from inside 50, the ball swinging back, oh Anderson, great goal. And Levi Casbolt. Surely Neil Cordy, no mistakes from here. <laughs> no one just gets close to the man to the mark. Oh, oh made the goal of pile work, but he's got it. <laughs> Levi gets a goal against his former club. And oh, now Paul Spills for Harry. He's back on the ground. He's <laughs> front and square. Picked up the crumbs. Left foot snap. He gets a barely needed goal there for the Blues. So both the medical subs been activated before half time here. Oh. And the kick from Kerno. Well, I think the initial no, target might have been Jack Martin. No, that boy's got play on touch. What? So Mackay's got to play on. He snaps around, though. He's, no, he's put it through. <laughs> Harry. Oh, 
The blood nose has sharpened him up. <laughs> Two left foot snaps in the space of about three minutes. The Suns are on board here, and they're on song as Ellis drives them forward. They've got plenty of numbers up forward. Child gets the crumbs here. Can he swing around left foot? He does. It steps a beauty. Ala Malcolm Roses in the first term, and Mario Child does the same, and he brings up his second goal in a matter of minutes. Powell get the ball back here from Roses. And going forward is Rankin. Oh. Rankin's got some space in front of him. His ball bounces for him. Rankin will snap and get a goal for Gold Coast. The last thing Carlton wanted, but the Gold Coast Suns deliver through Isaac. They've turned it around against Carlton tonight. And there it is. The final siren. And the Suns end up winning by 30 points. 13-14, 92. The Blues' first defeat of the season. 8-14-62. The Gold Coast Suns win at Metricon. Welcome back to Sunday Nights here on SEN. Thank you for your company. Jenny Wallace is my name and joining me, Paul Heath, across the desk as well. Heater, uh, Gold Coast Suns getting the win over Carlton mm. and uh, the song that I'm least <laughs> familiar with, I have to be honest. I think I know sort of the one line, but I was saying to you in the office beforehand, mm. I really don't know this song. Look, I just realised. It's, it. it's in the same key as the Port Adelaide song. I just figured that out because it feels like you're about to, you know, the, you know, the power you, yes. the power to win, the power to rule, all of that um, good stuff. Um, but I said to you before we got in here that even the guys that wrote that song, I don't know if they could remember every word to it <laughs> if we tested them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one, but I like, we'll say recency bias in talking about this game before. Is there a recency bias in how long it takes us to hear the Gold Coast team song sometimes? And we're like, this yeah. is an AFL team's song. Okay. Yeah. I, respectfully, I, respectfully to all the Suns fans out there. Absolutely. Sorry. I just yeah. realized that it was one that out of all of them that <laughs> via osmosis have gone inside my brain, that one hasn't. It just hasn't stuck for some reason. Yeah. And I was saying to you that GWS was a song that never stuck in my brain until their amazing social media campaign That's leading moment. into that grand final. And then all yep. of a sudden, boom, it's completely in my head and I've got it. But <laughs> Gold Coast Suns, it just hasn't made its way through osmosis in there. So uh, I'm sure it will do one day, especially if they keep winning. Yeah. Uh, let's continue on to the phone line. So one 736 736 is the number to call through and have a chat here with Hita and myself um, about all things AFL from the weekend as well. And Raymond, he's given us a call. G'day, Raymond. Thanks for your company. Hey, thanks for taking my call. How are you? Yeah, we're really good, thank you. Uh, you wanted to chat a bit about the Gold Coast and Carlton game. Yeah, a bit of a diehard Blues fan myself, and I just wanted to say credit to Gold Coast. I'd say that was a bit of a masterclass by Stuart Jew. Um, really, like, after Pitto went down yesterday and announced his out, they really focused on the rough there with wits and just made sure they were getting all the hit-outs or as many as possible to control that clearance, knowing that we're so deadly from there this season thus far. Um, so credit to them. And I also just wanted to have a chat about our style of play. So it looks like the last four weeks, if we're not getting it from tenant clearance and those marks aren't being taken by Charlie or Harry, it's like there's, there's not, no other real dimension to the Carlton attack. And we kind of saw that today. Like we lost the tenant clearance by quite a bit and then we couldn't really do anything else with the ball. 
do you feel like that's a player element, like someone's missing or are you yeah, laying it down to like more of a coaching tactic that maybe is missing at the moment? I think, like, I know he's new in the job and it's going to take a while and it's only been four weeks, but they really need to look for a plan B because you think with the midfielders we still had on the park, Sam Walsh, Hewitt, mm. um, Gerard, mm-hmm. that we still should be able to accumulate quite a bit of the ball at the centre clearance and the stoppages. And, you know, that would go forward from that. But it looks like we don't really have a plan B to break glass in case of emergency. And when Cooper's went down, it was all the more obvious. Mm. Yeah. I mean, look, looking through the stats and stuff as well, just, you know, down on the inside 50. So, yeah, that penetration to get inside the forward 50 arc uh, seemed to be one of the telling differences as well. Yeah. Oh. Right, that's all I wanted to bring up. Thank you. <laughs> that's great to talk to you. How do you think you're going to go next week? Um, sports has been a bit of a bogey team mm. lately. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping, like, you never hope for injuries, but I kind of don't hope for the comes back and things like that. We'll see how we go. I, I think we should scrape through, but if it's going to be out and Pino's still not back, Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough one. All right. Yeah, no, definitely. And, well, and Port's obviously desperate as well. So a big threatening game for them as they want to try and get their first one. So a tough one coming for the Blue Baggers again this weekend coming. Thanks for your call tonight. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Raymond calling through. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If we can just go straight back to the phone line. Sorry, Jen. Mm. I've just had one of the favourites pop up on the phone line. And I mean, it hasn't been a, a minute since I've been involved on the overnight crowd, but hanging for a bit of a chat with Muzza from Geelong. G'day, Muzz. How are you? Uh, angry, upset. <laughs> All of it, mate. But All of the thing, above. Well, the person I want to blame yeah. is the AFL. Uh, why? No, hang no, on. Don't, no, you, you'll you... get me started, Muzz. That, that's why I'm, that's why I'm groaning. In, I'm groaning in a grant. <laughs> why, why is it? We have to play in 35-degree heat, 68% humidity. When we could have played at 1 o'clock in Essendon and, and the Crows could have played at, at 4 o'clock under the, under the roof. Also, the AFL said at the start of the season, if you were caught and you dropped the ball, they were going to tackle down on it. And how many times did the Suns in their forward line throw the ball to their man or... or throw it to the ground when they got tackled. Mm. No free kick to Carlton. And it happens in every game. I get so annoyed. They give a free kick to one team in the forward pocket and they get a goal. And the same thing happens in the other end and it's play on. You know, and it's happened all season so far. I'm not just... We were outplayed today. Good luck to the Suns. I'm not... uh, I'm sour grating (laughs) because our blokes didn't have a plan B. and. As, as Carlton only got one player called Patrick Cribbs because the rest mm-hmm. today should hand their money to the Children's Hospital Appeal next week because they don't deserve to collect it. Maybe there's only five that do, but the rest should uh, give it to the Children's Hospital as a donation. Mm. Thank you. Oh, Mazza, thank you, mate. And, uh, are you going well? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Apart yeah, from the footy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I only got five rides this week, so I didn't have a good week in tipping. Uh, yeah, Jenny, smi- Jenny's smiling because uh, 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 3-0 won, but that's all right. We'll see them in a fortnight, I think. Yeah, We play you in a fortnight, I think. We'll see what happens. But, oh, well, 
You know, tomorrow's another day. The sun will come up and we'll try to shine. <laughs> Muzza, I'm only Hooray. smiling because of Frio's winning, but I have I am definitely not smiling tips wise. Um I got three. Three. Oh, well, there you go. I'm I'm on top and I think I'm on twenty eight or something. Oh. No, not no. Sorry, I was twenty-one. I've, I got five. I think I'm on twenty-six. Oh, mother! Yeah, but, no. um, I'm still angry because my average is six, <laughs> and I only got five. Well, uh, Collingwood, Collingwood and Footscray let me down, and um, Hawthorne on my own side. Yeah, well, Hawthorne are a disgrace after la- like you'd think after last week they'd come out and play better than what they did. Obviously, yeah. Um, so, but, uh, oh, well, Margaret and I will both be crying this week, but we'll have our aunties out. We'll be right. <laughs> oh, well, we're, we're here for you throughout the week. Just um, give us a call no, and we can I, chat mate, you through it. Hey, you know, I'm not, uh, like, I love my football. Don't get me wrong. And, and I know I'm regular and everyone will laugh at me. But, I mean, it is only a game. It's not, not like my life depends on it or it's a life uh, issue. So, yeah. you know, we've got to feel... There's things in the world worse off than us just losing a game of football and getting angry and sour grape about it. So, mm. yeah, know. totally agree. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. You too, Muzz. Good to hear your voice, mate. Uh, loved Muzza from Geelong. And, uh, yeah, same as uh, hearing Margaret's name thrown around as well. I know when we still do cross over, Jen, uh, sometimes I hear some of the uh, regs call up on an overnight crowd. And yep. I, was, I was talking about a couple the other day to a friend, and it was just, yeah, just to see Muzza from Geelong pop up, I was oh, yeah. You have to talk to Mazza immediately, you know, like I love, uh, love hearing from him, but yeah, it is that bit of perspective, isn't it? You know, you can care as much about the footy as you like. I was saying about my friend with the Bradley Hill stuff, which mm-hmm. to be fair, was sort of leaning over the line a little bit too much. You know, when you see a friend talking like that about something that is just a football game or a football player, you know, it is like, you don't want to check him, but yeah. at the same time, it is one of those feelings, but yeah, um, it, it, it's, yeah, it's perspective. You know, you just let it go at the end of the weekend. You don't carry it on during the week and all that sort of stuff. But because we just had the Derby last week and some of people are saying it's probably one of the least hyped Derbies that we've seen in history with what's going on with the Eagles and just WA as a, as a state of mind. Um, but the, the carry on after it, I haven't heard from anyone sort of ripping into each other, you know, and that's usually the week that, you know, the workplaces are at their, you know, most argy-bargy sort of thing after a game like the, that. The water cooler conversation yeah, is usually, definitely. you know, yeah. And usually your, your Facebook feeds and your social media <laughs> feeds are always just banging in like, hey, where are you? And you know, vice versa yeah. and that sort of stuff. So I agree. It wasn't as as big um, derby-wise. It was a bit quieter, mm. um, whether it was just an understanding of the situation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It was a little bit down. I used to have a... When I say used to, she's still alive, but I have a great aunt who she used to be so passionate about her side living in, in Victoria that um, I, I couldn't even tell you what her side is because when I was eight years old, I remember talking to her about it yeah. and asking her about her footy. And she said, I don't, we don't talk about it anymore because oh. I used to let her run my life. I went all the time. I followed everything. And, and I realized that if the result didn't go where I needed it to, my whole week was yep. shot mm-hmm. and I had to be like, Phew. It's yeah. like she had to take a real like mindful mindfulness moment. This is yeah you know, thirty odd years ago. She's like, 
I knew I had needed to step away. Yeah. And then you just take a break and just be cool. like, oh, football, yeah, that happens. It's a sport. Great. Awesome. And I was like, yeah. She could have written a self-help book at the time. <laughs> there. It could have been onto a bit of bank there, you know, with that, that sort of advice. Um, this is uh, Sunday nights on SEN, by the way, and there's a couple of great text messages coming through, but you can get involved if you want to have a chat on air as well, one 736 736 But uh, in, just going back to the couple of Carlton callers that we've had, this text message sort of hitting on the same lines. No team in the comp relies on a player more than Carlton does in Patrick Cripps. His performance dictates whether they win or lose, and also they go from a final contender to a mediocre team without him. That says a lot about the rest of uh, the Carlton team, which I agree with um, the text as a whole. But when you do lose that little bit of leadership, that's when you do find out who else is there credential-wise, don't you? Like, I mean... It, it, it can take a game or two with those sorts of things to happen. I mean, you look at clubs like, I keep referring back to Fremantle, but it's purely because their captain has been so injured of mm-hmm. late that we're starting to see some of the youth come through and the ones that are standing up. Like the on-field leadership last night for Andrew Brayshaw was something that just grabbed me. And he, he was under the he was under the thumb for two and a half, three quarters. Yep. And he broke free, kicked a nice goal at the end, which he doesn't always do. But there's that sort of a level where guys have to step up. And that was... You know, I'm being critical of someone that left free. I went to the Blues, Adam Chera. That was almost sort of one of the knocks on him. That the yeah. leadership element wasn't there. Class, class player, both sides of the body, all of that, like everything there. But that leadership yeah. goes away. And there was that little void today and you definitely felt it. And I think the fans are definitely feeling it from Carlton as well that we've spoken to. Yeah, they've been looking at it going, wow, we, we knew we have a premium elite player in mm. Chris. What we didn't realise was mm. that if we don't have him, yep. that the – the hole opens up gapingly. And so mm. there is some definite conversations to be had and just some, you know, what are your work rate? What's your work rate off the ball? What are the little things mm. that we all now need to do? If that's a bigger, as big a hit as it's going to be, mm. because you can't be all about one player. We no. all know that the season definitively is about your luck with injuries as well as the talent, you yeah. know, just across <laughs> the board. So, you know, he's hoping that Cripps comes back. Well, he was in my super coach team. So I yeah. took a hit from that perspective as well. <laughs> it, it, it hurts, but it's yeah. I think that's the thing where where they were found out. Um, you know, West Coast Eagles have spoken a bit about the mm. fact that they had an unknown midfield realistically. Yep. And four rounds in, mm. they're starting to get reward for those players wanting this chance so badly and coming mm. through. So there's two, you know, two maybe sides to yeah. to look at and review and go. Okay, one West Coast Eagles went one way. Yep. And. Uh, just the resilience or the ability to adapt on their feet and on the fly for Carlton just wasn't there yeah. today. And, you know, in a sense, they got the other side recognised mm. and went, we're not letting you in. <laughs> they just didn't let them in. They didn't give them the opportunity to come back. And yeah. I think if you look at um, another text that's come through as well, this one from Paul in Broadbeach Waters, uh, when are the media going to acknowledge the Suns midfield? Mm. Wits, Miller, Anderson, Raul, as good as any club. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely correct. It just it, it is a little bit of a level of disrespect respect there. We know how good Raul is. He's had the injury factor coming back, but also Took Miller. I mean, he's up and about in the in Brownlow stakes, isn't he? So he's just a fantastic player, most certainly. Yeah, uh, level of disrespect, as uh, Paul was saying there. Absolutely. And we took Miller getting double teamed, yeah. um, I think, last week as well. So you know that you're a player of note if yeah. they're sending two to you. Absolutely. <laughs> Plenty more to talk about here on Sunday nights across SEN. Jen and Paul with you. Call through one 736 736 It's time for your calls next. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. 
That's right. Please get involved here on Sunday nights, one 736 736 How's your weekend been? What sport have you been watching? There's plenty going around, of course, Formula One, NRL, AFL, AFLW final, NRLW final, WNBL finals, uh, English Premier League. There's so much stuff going on there and you can get involved across this Sunday night show. Jen Wallace with you and I'm joined as well by Paul Heath, Heater. Uh, it's been a big weekend of footy as it always is. Mm. And uh, I think, you know, we've got on the text line from Tim, can you please let me know how many tackles Carlton <laughs> laid today? Because there are at least six players who will not sleep well. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> so I'm going to say that uh, Tim uh, is running the donut count, which is uh, six players with uh, no tackles is, uh, I'm going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, Reading between the lines. <laughs> over, overall, the team laid 67. Uh, but, uh, yeah, players-wise, if we uh, just um, filter by Carlton, yeah. filter by tackles, I mean, we've got three donuts, Boyd, McKay and O'Brien, <laughs> and then another three with just the one, Fisher, Martin and Wiedering. I'll put my hand up. Seeing Chera at the top with eight tackles is uh, a surprise for me. So good pressure from Ches like that. Enjoy that from, uh, you know, no sour grapes. So the, uh, also on the text line, this one from Steve, the Carlton dynasty is over. Really thought they clinched the four-peat today. Steve, heavily on the uh, the fours, because I think that was about the fourth time he sent it in. So he definitely wanted to get it read out. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate the uh, text. one uh, 736 736 if you want to have a chat, or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen if you want to get involved via text. And we've got Tom on the line now, uh, I think. Let's talk about this Carlton dynasty being over. Tom, how are you feeling? Uh, obviously not well, <laughs> but I, I don't know. It was just uh, in the build-up to it, I just thought it's always been a danger game, and yeah. we haven't won at Metricon for a few years. Mm. So, um, look, I've obviously read stuff on Facebook, blah blah blah. Um, once Crips went down, we were gone, but we were already down by five clearances while Crips was still on the ground. So I don't think we can really make that as an excuse. Um, I think Saad would have got three Brownlow votes if we had won the game because mm. he was unbelievable. Yeah, um, good dash. But, yep. yeah, it was, I, I don't know. We got absolutely smashed um, at a clearance, but I'm trying to look at his glass half full. We're three and one mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, like last couple of years, it could have been, you know, one and three or zero and four. So, yeah. anyway, I'm, try- I'm trying my best to look at it glass half full. Um, I tell you what, though, if we lose to Port Adelaide next weekend, then... I think uh, it could be a bit of strife. The glass is going to get tipped over, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely it will. Yeah. I couldn't have said it any better myself, I reckon. Well, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for you, Tom. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you've got enough to build on there, mate. And uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, you haven't had that little bit of uh, experience of some su- sustained success for a bit, so you'd be sort of waiting for yeah. it to maybe fall away once again. Yeah, and I mean, like, we haven't had a 3-0 start in 10 years, yeah. so I think uh, we just need to calm the farm a bit. I'm, I wasn't fully lit off yet, but yeah. I, I might put half of it back on. <laughs> All right. I, th- I think that that's, uh, yeah, that's very measured from Tom, isn't it? Very, very yeah. measured. Yeah. Very measured. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. guys. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. I think he, he, he makes a good point, though. It's easy to forget 3-0. Mm. and o, it, It's one loss yep. in a, a long season. The loss was going to come at some point. It has to. So don't need to probably hit panic stations yeah. just yet. Was it a game that they're proud of? No, probably not. 
but is um, it a game full of learnings? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what is it? This is a teaching moment. Teaching I believe. moment. They that's are. right. They're not losses. No, they're learnings. They take forward. And I mean, I'm from a sort of supporter base that we go one and oh, and it's book the bus. We're going to Melbourne, you know, so three and one. I think you're still feeling. One in a row. One in a <laughs> yes. row. One in a row. <laughs> Don't know if it counts, but we'll take it <laughs> happily. Uh, a cheeky one on the text line here. Can you play Gary Moore? Still got the blues for all the Carton supporters. Oh, this yeah. is from Gold Coast, Gavin. Yeah, love that. And, uh, you know, if, if you have more songs that maybe wrap up the weekend of football in vibe as that one does right there, please send them in on zero uh, four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen because, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's uh, listen to some tunes, especially if they're going to have the team's name in it. I mean, as easy as the blues is to get into yeah. a song like that there, but, you know, let, let's see where we can go. We'd end up with quite a few if we yeah. just put the blues in it. <laughs> There's a few. There's a couple, yeah. But let's get creative, definitely. If a song sums up the way you feel about your team's performances this weekend, mm. let us know. Put it through on the text line, 0433981116. Let's have a bit of fun with this here on the sun on Sunday nights. Uh, keeping the phone line going through, 1300 736736 is how you can get involved. And Rob is doing just that. Good evening, Rob. G'day, guys. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I've watched a few games over the weekend, and um, I saw the Essendon Adelaide game. Now, I'm no aficionado on this game, but I, I love that game today because both coaches just let let mistakes happen, let the game flow. You know, you, 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 there was. Um, players in space, mm-hmm. you turned it over, you were going to be punished. I hate going to AFL games when coaches just flood defences and and then teams are trying to get out of defence and they go sideways and backwards. Why don't coaches have the balls to just let the game go? If you make a mistake, you make a mistake, but it's what, it's what we want to see. We want to see flow-on game with great goals and great skill. Maybe I'm talking rubbish. I don't know. But what, what have you got? <laughs> no, Rob, I love it because it is that fine edge in professional sports, isn't it? We do want to see games as open. We want to see scoring as much as we can. I mean, it's a bad reference point, but the other day, the West Coast Fever hit 82 goals in netball, and it's like, is 100 a possibility? You know, mm-hmm. we want to see as much scoring as possible, but then there are all of these other things on the other side of the corporate thing. If your team's not getting the Ws then sorry, you're on the way out. Like we see other teams that get so close, they might have two or three close losses and they're playing nice sport, whatever it is in. The example I'm thinking of is a rugby team at the moment, but the coach goes and it's just like, sorry, that that's that. So they have to almost be defensive to protect their job in a way. And that's, that's no way to work, is it? You know, if you, if in any industry, I also really enjoyed watching this game for a lot of the reasons, Rob, that you're mentioning. Uh, It's that idea of um, players and coaches going in to set up the game so that you can't lose it. So if your position first is to get into a position where you can't lose, then they start worrying about the win. And we see that that's test cricket summed up, isn't it? You know, where we Mm. see it there because it goes over five days. We talk about it a lot more. Um, So I agree with you, Rob. I, I really enjoyed watching this Essendon um, Adelaide game. I had no horse in the race. I didn't, it didn't matter to me who won in a sense, 
And for it to be a four-point uh, margin, it was a really exciting game to watch as a neutral supporter. And, and I agree with you. I think it was a, a credit to the players and to the coaches for letting that game play out the way it did. Rob, thanks for your call so much. It's been really good. Thank you. And, yes, yeah, it's, it's just one of those hard things where it, why can't we do it more in the preseason? It feels like in the preseason we're almost trying to implement the more defensive ideas in a way, whereas it's just like preseason, there should almost be a memo that goes around. It's just like, hey, let's swing the doors open, which I guess they tried to do with AFLX. You know, yeah, that yeah. was that was supposed to be the small AFLX. the small little thing and then, you know, the smaller teams and more scoring. And But it just feels like there is no real encouragement to do it. We've had four rounds of more. Well, I, I would be interested. Like, let us know. Do you think that this year has been more open as far as the season goes for the play and it feels like a team can get six goals in front at the moment but they can be mown down a lot easier than perhaps years before I don't know if that's come along in like last year to this year but it feels like this season has been a bit more open but we have had that month where now we're sort of reacting to it getting back to it and we're at that point where things are starting to tighten up a bit because it is like oh hang on we're zero and four we're one and three um, the talk's starting to come for me. Like Leon Cameron puts off his contract. Mm-hmm. The Giants have been playing okay, but he puts his contract off and it's just more pressure. It's supposed to be less pressure if you put your contract talks off, right? But yep. it just, it blows up. It, so, all, of it does. <laughs> all of it does. Contract talks, no matter when, blows up. Yeah. It always, and it, it has to be. It, the, the pressure on that idea of if, if should the coach be around, it is a, it is the hardest gig. Yeah. It is the reason they get paid what they do. It yeah. is the reason that when things go well, they get yeah. lauded. Yeah. Uh, when things aren't going well, unfortunately, that's your KPIs. First, first, first you, you can have all the KPIs <laughs> written down in-house that are to do with everything other than the result of winning. Mm. It's really important in sports teams to have because only one team holds yeah. it up at the end. That's it. But no, everyone else cannot get their head away from the wins as being all that matters. And, of course, us as the media, we're the same. We like to look through it. Absolutely. This is Sunday Nights with Jen Wallace and Paul Heath. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the open line. And you can text her on 0433 98 11 16. Keep those texts coming in. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. 1-300-736-736. Just repeating that number. The best way to get involved here across Sunday nights with me, Jenny Wallace. Great to have you uh, keeping me company and dissecting everything that is having occurred across our AFL round for uh, if there's any other sports as well you'd like to go into. We can do that as well. Get in touch. Let us know. 0433 98 11 16. A reminder of the winners across Sunday. It was Essendon by four, 15, 13, 103, defeating the Adelaide Crows, 15, 9, 99. St Kilda, big winners by 69 over the Hawks, 22, 10, 142 to 10, 13, 73. And the final game of Sunday was Gold Coast Suns, 13, 14, 92, they defeated Carlton by 38, 14, 62. Time for your calls and your texts when we come back to start our next hour, the second hour of a packed three hours, all that time to review the weekend with you. one 736 736 is the number to call through on. Time for your calls and your texts when we return here on Sunday night. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736.
Hey, g'day and welcome back to Sunday nights into our second hour here. Packed with time for you here on SEN to review, recover, dissect everything across the sporting weekend that was in Australia and beyond. The text line's up and running 0433 98 11 16 is the number to text through on and the phone line 1300 736 736. Before we get to reading out our text, uh, Paul, we will jump through to other Paul. I should have called you Heater then because that's uh, confusing. It is a Paul party. We've got yeah. Paul times two <laughs> because Paul from Camberwell has been very patient waiting on the line. And Paul, let's chat here on Sunday nights. Oh, hi. How are you tonight? Yeah, we're great. Thank you for calling through. Uh, what's been on your mind yeah. this weekend? Uh, well, I've been saying this for at least uh, three years. Um, with the throw-in, uh, the boundary throw-in, the Ruckman just stands so far away from the contest. It's ridiculous. And they're going to make up ground. And neither Ruckman's really in a position to make advantage to their um, to their um, players. It's just, it, it beggars belief how far they stand back mm. when they know the umpire can only throw the ball so far in the air. So what 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 that, can you put that down to? Why do you think tactically or I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't explain it, but it's been going on for a long time. They stand they they think the umpire's gonna throw the ball fifty meters in the air. And they don't. They don't have the strength or ability to throw the ball that far. And so what they do is they play catch up and the two ruckmen start together start running towards the ball, but they're completely out of position to actually give it to their players because they're playing catch-up, and it doesn't make sense to me at all. I mean, surely they they must understand that the ball's only going to be thrown so far by a boundary umpire. Wouldn't you want to be in front, well in front, well, and and not, not have to race towards the ball? Mm. You, you're actually where the ball lands, so uh, it's just it's just something I've noticed for a, a long time, but there's something else I wanted to discuss, unless you've got a question on my boundary throw-ins. Well, about that, Paul, would you like to see the ruling in the AFLW coming where the umpire, where the boundary umpires come in 10 or 15 metres and then with the, you know, the emphasis on the ball staying more in the corridor? Or do you think the ruckman should move closer to the boundary line? Would you, would you like to see the ball moved in a little bit for the throw-in? Well, Look, that's a really good question because I did notice with the AFLW that the boundary umpire comes in so much further towards the players mm. and um, they, they actually do throw it into the corridor. I, I have seen that. Mm. Um, that's how they do it. Um, no, what I'd like the men to do is to actually realise that the boundary umpire can only throw the ball so far with his strength and, of course... Generally, they're standing so far back that why don't the ruckman? And it's it's no in particular ruckman. I'm not, but but surely an umpire, uh, a ruckman, can 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 pick up that the umpire is not going to throw that ball so far that they anticipate, mm. and yeah. just and just get for just come forward, get in front of the opposition ruckman, and take advantage of the fact that. They stand too far back from the from the boundary throw in. Yeah, it might also be one of those things that the third man up 
sort of took care of, isn't it? You know, that someone else that's around the contest already yeah. rather than running up to the contest like the Ruckman sometimes are. But, mm. yeah. It, to me, I'm sorry, I've got another question. But yeah, mate, they're good. To me, that, that, that's not rocket science. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I have seen right. it happen a couple of times right. this weekend. You're right, Paul. Yeah. It happens all the time. And it's been going on for uh, three or four years. And I, if, if, if you want to contest the boundary throw-in as a ruckman, get in front of your opponent, knowing that the boundary umpire can't throw the ball that far. Mm. Yep. And uh, what else and you're you tell about, you're, you're going to be in the best position to actually <laughs> contest the boundary throw-in. Yeah, that's what we all want. Um, oh, just with the Hawks, disappointed. I'm a Hawthorne supporter. Uh, yep. Um, if they're going to drop Liam Shields at thirty, I don't think I don't think there's any reason they should leave. A lot. Um, Luke Bruce has been brilliant for Hawthorne over a long period of time. He's over thirty. Jack Gunston. He's had his injury. He's over thirty. I mean, really, if the Hawks are serious, they're not going to win us. Deliver a premiership down um, Hawkland. What they need to do is leave those boys out of the side. Start looking at some of the kids in the reserves, mm. and and really and really do a total rebuild. Um, don't rely on people who aren't going to deliver um, um, just because they're senior. I mean, why mm. why wasn't Liam Shields on the wing? You know, potentially tagging someone like Hill or you know, it's just if they're going to go, if they're going to drop people like Liam Shields because of his, they want to play youth, then. They should be dropping people like Jack Gunston. They should be dropping people like Luke Bruce, although he's been brilliant, because the reality is they're not going to deliver a supremacy. So they should go the whole jolly lot, the youth, look at what we've got in our reserves and, 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 and just play for two and three years and see what happens from there. Well, love the passion, mate. Thanks for the call. Yeah, no, nah, have a great night. You too, mate. That's Paul from Camberwell joining us on uh, SEN Sunday nights. And, uh, yeah, Jenny, I, you know, when some people want to see the turnover of their club and maybe the rebuild, it is that sort of halfway point which can, yeah, make it a bit hard for some people. You know, you, you, you can't just put all young guys in, though, can yeah, you? you? It doesn't can't, work that way either. It doesn't work that way because we've seen how that can go at some of the, the newer teams when they come in and stuff like that. But it's just one of those frustrations where – you can almost get your favourite player on a list that isn't in the team, and you're like, "Well, he's, you know, yeah. he's, he's looking good down there. Why aren't they getting a game?" But yeah, it can be a little bit frustrating. But the 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 ball in uh, the throw in is a is a decent point because I did see it at the that only went to the Dockers GWS, uh, um, yeah, Dockers GWS game, but I saw it two or three times in yep. the one night. So it, it's definitely happening quite a bit. Um, but I think there is a couple of elements that have sort of killed yeah. it off. I think partly. Part of that has got to be the mentality of it's always easier to run forwards towards a dropping ball than mm. to go back <laughs> past yourself. So I think in it, in any way they're going to err on the the side of deeper mm. rather than closer to the boundary line. That's yep. just human nature because mm. then you know where it is in front of you. But if it is continually happening, then that that, that does need to be something looked at in the yep. sense that even from the that the team's own setup, mm. you know, if they know that, if they're aware of that. Now, look, they spend hours looking at footage, all sorts <laughs> of footage. I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone within each club Doing who that. looks at footage to do with the throw depth. 
from particular. For sure, yeah. You know, and so you, you know and you start to look at, hey, this is our setup or you know I'm going to be sprinting forward so my tap is more likely going to be coming this way. Like yeah. there's got to be, we analyse the game so thoroughly. Uh, this On this similar theme coming through on the text line, 0433981116, interesting one. Dave, David from Hallam, in the in the West, maybe West Hallam versus South Mornington, no boundary umps. Mm. If a ball goes out, field umpire throws it up twenty meters in in field. I don't mind that. Mm. Thanks, David. That's pretty cool. But I mean, I also <laughs> would love to see um, you know footy at that level be able to have the support, or the umpires have the support that they can uh, have the numbers and stuff like that. But we find a way around it, don't we? Don't we? You know, as far as continuing sport on. So that was um, that was a great text. But also this one from Julian uh, about the um, ruck, uh, throw-ins. Mm-hmm. The players stand so far back because they don't want to be left under the ball. Imagine if you went in towards the throw-in, your opposing ruckman was 15 metres behind you. They're going to be able to jump right over you. It would be the same as standing in the middle of the centre bounce and not taking a run up. So great exactly point. what you were saying, Jenny, about the flight and also timing your run because you do see that. Like someone comes over the back by themselves, double fist straight to someone running through the front of the pack and away we go from there. So yeah, it's, it is one of those things that it can be a bit of a, um, yeah, it gets stuck in your craw a little bit, you know, yeah. when you're watching the game, you're like, oh, he's missed it again, you know, <laughs> but a good conversation starter. And that's what sure. we want this to be about here on Sunday nights, like raise some questions and let's get ourselves chatting back and forth about it. That's really, really good. And I think, yeah, all of those things are something that if you notice that in a game and you think to yourself, why do they do that? <laughs> This is the perfect forum to ask why. We might not have the answer. We yeah. don't pretend to know all the answers, but we love to talk about but it, we debate will, it. We will wonder as well. Yeah. You know, that's a guarantee. <laughs> a definite guarantee. We'll, we will wonder with you. Oh, dear. Uh, from Dean on the text line as well. It's been a reality check for the new coaches. Mm. Hawks got a good thumping. Ouch. At least Melbourne Storm won 30 to 16. Well, there's no new coach there, is there, <laughs> no. Bellamy? One of the <laughs> same old, same old, right same there. Same old coaches going around. But Dean, happy that the Storm got up. But yeah, right. So the new coach is getting a, getting a, a week of a difference and having to handle that. And mm. look, as I said earlier, you know, not everyone can win each yep. weekend. So you've got it's how you handle that and how you go through it. Definitely. And it's part it, of the season, a long season. With, with saying it's new coaches, we have coaches that are literally sitting in for well, this is true sitting well. coaches. So yeah. it, there's always an exception to the rule as far as that goes as well. Like Jamie Graham's had two, two in a row. Blake Carousella got one today with the Bombers. So there is that new coach element of it, but there's also that sort of taking over of um, you know, just driving the car a little bit, you know, so it's not your car, but you know, you've, you've uh, got everything pretty well set up there. So I guess it is a bit of an exception to the rule, but uh, uh, the maestro from Q got involved when we did say, if you've got any songs that sort of encapsulate any of the vibe, the aura of the weekend or from your team, uh, I think he's a demon supporter and gone with simply the best by Tina Turner. You're simply I want to leave it on. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to leave it on. Especially to see uh, Peter getting the, oh, the, yeah. the fist bump Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Karaoke time here on Sunday nights. Sticking on that theme, let's take us out to the break with the highlights of Essendon's win, their first win for season 2022.
So Martins tries to straighten up. It's a good ball just inside 50. Durham's on the end of it. First shot at goal coming up here for the Bombers. 49 metres from home. He has sucked the slipper into that one. Got a great connection. And that is the perfect start. Murphy, Dawson, the left footers all combining. Long ball to Tex. Couple of bites, he's got it. Hooks it on the left. And Tex Walker, welcome back. As the Crows players get around him. Scouting the pack was Lockie Murphy. A convincing handball by McGrath. Crows still alive here through row. They flick it back to Laird. Laird trying to get the purchase to the goal square. He does to Rochelle, who kicks his second. And the Crows just forced the turnover. They hunted. They got ball in hand. And they cut the margin back to two points. With uh, bright shoes on, Perkins swings around onto the right boot. Sends it inside 50. Right at the back. No mark taken. But fell the Waterman handball to Durham. Durham out even wider to Redmond onto the right, stepped round the body. Goal of the Bombers. Shield with a clearance to Cordwell. Quick through the air from 50. It'll clear the pack. Lightning stuff from the middle from Essendon. And that gets the red and black army to another decibel level. Laverty got underneath the footy, Walker back on it. Sweeps a handball over the top into the pocket. Himmelberg missed the target of Scholl, but then Keyes came in, sold the dummy. Keyes kicks the goal for Adelaide. And once again, they just hang around the Crows. Tex needs to hold his ground here. And then the soccer inside 50. It will be to the advantage of Adelaide. They can walk into the open goal. McHenry, they get one back again, Adelaide. Crouch, big ball to be won here. Just forward of centre for Essendon. Can they get it out? Perkins. Guelphie from 45. It'll bring the house down. Bombers back in front. Handball into the middle. Martin back to Ridley. Flying through. Was Hind. Hind running. 60 metres out towards the pockets. At the back. Smith takes the mark. Runs in. Open goal. And kicked it for the Bombers. And they lead by seven. Just what they need at the home side. The Bombers are going to hang on. At Marvel Stadium, ever listen to the roar? They found a way. around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Good evening. Jen Wallace here with you for Sunday Nights on SEN. Joined as well by Paul Heath. He's going to be joining us back in studio in just a moment as we do a quick rip around of the sports results outside of the AFL in NRL across the Sunday, there was a couple of games in play. Sharks, they beat the West Tigers 30-4. to And in the other game, Penrith Panthers did over Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 32-12. to The NRL Telstra Women's Premiership Grand Final was on as well across the Sunday. And it was the Roosters, 16 over the Dragons, 4. The Roosters, they... Did over Broncos in the semi-final. The Broncos have been the previous winners 
of every edition of NRLW. So they beat the Broncos to get into the grand final, and then they went on with it and beat the Dragons 16 to 4. So congratulations to the Roosters over in the NRLW. Super netball action, the Fever 77 over five birds 69. And a close one between the Lightning and the Thunderbirds. Lightning 52, Thunderbirds 51. In the A-League today, we had the Newcastle Jets running it over Perth Glory. 6-1 was the result there in the A-League men's massive result there for the Newcastle Jets. Formula One was happening across Melbourne today. And, geez, that was exciting, uh, signifying it coming back. Remember, it was that first big event, Australian, even probably globally, that was cancelled because of the pandemic, the coronavirus, when we really had no idea what we were dealing with. And there was, you know, so it's almost this nice little coming coming home moment. Anyway, Leclerc, the Ferrari driver, he had pole and he led from start to finish. Fantastic drive, even took out the fastest lap as well. So Leclerc, Ferrari, uh, taking out the Australian Grand Prix in second, Perez, Red Bull driver, and uh, in third, Russell, Mercedes, he beat out his compatriot Hamilton. He's from Mercedes as well. Danny Ricciardo, he started in seventh and he went up one place, ending in sixth, which is what he wanted. He wanted some form of points coming out of this game, uh, of, of this round of the, the GP, and he got there, Danny Rick. So no shoey for everyone <laughs> across Australia, <laughs> um, but a fantastic effort from Danny Ricciardo. But congratulations to Leclerc and Ferrari just seemed like absolutely the team to beat, the car to beat um, going through the Formula One season this year. And finally, Heater in the Masters, Scheffler. He's nine under, a lead of three uh, going into the last day in the Masters. But our Aussie Cam Smith mm. sniffing on his heels. Right on his tail. And does love a fight, Cam Smith. So us Aussies be watching the Masters across this Sunday into Monday morning, without a doubt. Look, lots mm. of interest on whether Smith can get up and get Scheffler or will he continue through in his hot form. And if you think there's anyone else that can, uh, you know, climb back from there, you've got Sung J.M. who's, you know, still five shots back, but it's a bit of a climb, but, you know, the Masters, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Speaking of anything that can happen, the phone lines are open, one 736 736 Let's jump on with Westy now from Denmark. Westy, great to talk to you. Yeah, likewise, Dan. How are you? Hey, Heidi. Hey, Westy. How are you, mate? I'm good. How are you? Good, mate. That's yeah, the way. good. I just, uh, I was just start uh, thinking. I was driving home today, listening to Carlton go down against the Gold Coast. Yeah. So I thought a couple of weeks ago, um, sports bet paid out on Carlton making the eight after I think, two straight wins. And uh, <laughs> I tell you, if I was a Carlton supporter, that would have made me pretty nervous. What do, what do you reckon? That's uh, as far as omens go, not it's a good a one. It's a curse. You know, like uh, <laughs> that puts a lot of pressure out in the ether. Um, so yeah, there's enough of that around Carlton without yeah sports bet paying out. What two weeks into the yeah, AFL yeah. season? That's uh, yeah. I mean, they, they must have done their sums, of course. But wow. <laughs> yeah, obviously worth, yeah, worth no, more no. money to them that way. Yeah. All right, we'll have a good show, eh? Thanks, Westy. All the best with you, mate. Good, good to hear your voice. Yeah, cheers. Catch you later. See you, mate. Westy, one of the uh, great gents you'll find around the place. And also, do yourself a favour. Check out Westy and the Benchwarmers. It does a fantastic song called Holding the Ball. And it's the chorus is just holding the ball. It's, it's fantastic. And he also does a song called It's Time That Tassie Had Its Own Team. And he was ahead of the curve on, we're talking 2017, 2016. I think that one was released. He'll, he'll text through in a sec, uh, Westy yeah. will, and let us know when it's from. But, yeah.
one of the songwriters of our generation. Let's go with that. Like, one of the songwriters. <laughs> and I think, have you done him justice with your, your singing voice there? Oh, I'll, I'll get a little clip of it before the show's out. How's that? That sounds like a great idea. I'd yeah. love, love to hear it. Uh, speaking of what we love to hear, love to hear from Michael. Michael, you're on Sunday nights with Jen and Paul. How are you doing? Good to hear you, Paul. Hey, Michael. Hi, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. I thought you um, yeah, gone forever, mate. But you obviously, um, <laughs> they let you um, back. We tried, mate. No, we did it. We been. didn't try. I am like Borus, mate. You can't get rid of me. John Farnham's yeah. his name. Hey, you know what, Paul? <laughs> What's that, what mate? goes around comes around in footy banter, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, being the Port Adelaide's porter and... Yeah, you know, oh, you know, they're a disgrace and rah rah rah. Mm. Well, I just love it how Hawthorne got belted today. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, what goes around comes around, and you know, Carlton lost, and even um, West Coast that was a great win, you know, over Collingwood because mm. they got so many plays out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it felt like that was on the cards all week, to be honest. Like over here in WA, it felt like everyone that you spoke to was pretty up and about as far as the Eagles' chances in that game this week. And I don't think the Pies have been that disappointing to start the season. But everyone thought from a 10-goal loss in the Derby that the Eagles were somehow going to pull a win off on the road, and they did. Yeah. Could you believe that the week before, Paul, that mm-hmm. – um. West Coast were favourites against Frio. No, I can't and believe that. And the way Fremantle, um, <laughs> you know, belted them in the last half or the last quarter. Yeah. Like, how how do the betting agencies seriously have the Eagles, you know, favourites over the Dockers? It was a wide... Don't you reckon, Jen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That game particularly, with, with the players that were out and what they were still going through, I know that Frio had lost the week before in a shock loss yeah. that was probably... <laughs> disappointing to Freo fans especially, which now turning out St Kilda still on a big run, so maybe not as surprising as we thought. But, mm. yeah, I went into the Derby more confident as a Freo supporter than I had been in a long time. <laughs> so. Hey, just for a go, I just want to mention, I saw a good thing on um, Facebook. I love it how football clubs do this. Um, Carlton were up there on Metricon and um, there was a girl that's, you know, very ill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they took the time out to have her at their training run. And oh. um, I think Chris, um, give her a signed jumper and she was going to be there on, you know, match day and all that. I just love how clubs do that to families that are going through what they're going through with their children. Yeah. That's a good thing about, um, you know, football clubs. That's where sport, I think, just really finds its fantastic window. And you've got all these players that we all spend a lot of time. Look at us here. We've got a a three-hour show speaking about sport and how we followed it over the weekend. And when you can use that profile to help others and to show your humanity side, uh, that's where, yeah, my heart always sings with moments like that. I I agree with you, Michael. Really, really well done. Yeah, and and it brings a tear to the eye as well. Doesn't it? Even little things like yesterday's AFL grand final for the women's you see this on grand final day you know how the oz kickers get to go up on stage and they you know fist bump and they put the medallion over the the heads of the winning players and yesterday you had chelsea randall speak to the young girl charlotte who came up to do hers and little charlotte said can you be my captain (laughs) and it was just the most amazing (laughs) moment and chelsea said yeah of course i can and they fist bumped and off they went and you just go Oh, I love sport. Look at this young watch. She'd be yeah. six or seven years old. And it was just out of the innocent moment and sport just yeah. where they mix. And it was and great. And I'll just leave you with this thought. Um, we, we're definitely, you know, obviously aren't going to win many games this year. And <laughs> like, like um, to be honest, like Ken Hinckley has got us to two prelims and that. 
but we simply haven't got the cattle on the field, on the ground. And I, I do feel for Ken Hinckley there. It wouldn't matter if Alistair Clarkson or Buckley was coaching him. If you haven't got the you, you know players, you're not going to win games. Would that be fair to say about Ken Hinckley or? Yeah, that that's it. You need the cattle. Like exactly like you're saying, Michael. But there has been. You know, a uh, extended period of getting to the finals, just not taking that next step, and unfortunately, it it counts against him. So that yeah, and, and yeah. What it. about mention David Koch? You mm. know, like he's got to you know copper bit bit as well. You know, mm. what I mean, not just can inkling. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, what about the cash cow, David Cox? <laughs> You're right, though. Whenever there's something <laughs> results-wise, it's got to you've got to look from the top down as well as the down up. So you know, David Cox does feature in that, as does the cash cow. <laughs> hey, anyway, um, it's good we're talking football because I thought we'd be talking elections. Oh my oh. god! Oh yeah, <laughs> put my head in the sand about that. <laughs> yeah, oh. well, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hiding right, from have that a good news. One. Good to hear your voice, mate. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Michael. Michael in Reservoir, doing a great job as well. And, uh, yeah, when I do think of Port, he is one of the first people that popped to my mind at the moment now. So an on four start to the season, very tough. Very, very tough. Very, very tough. Mm. Uh, shall we keep the open line rolling? Let's do it. A couple more minutes. All right. Adam should be joining us here on Sunday nights. Adam, great to speak to you. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Not too bad. First of all, Jen, it's Leclerc. It's not Leclerc. So Thank you. Seas are silent, so that's okay. We all make mistakes. That's fine. <laughs> I was just, I was wrapped to spend the last three days there. It's uh, been a long time coming. It's my first that I've ever been to. Wow. Um, yeah, followed it for about two years now, and you know, I said I'd love to go, but obviously with all the things that were going on with COVID and that, made it impossible even to travel and that. So, but to be there the last few days, I think it's made up for the last two years. But um, it was unreal. You know, you um. It, it was good. Um, hopefully, a few few more call in that were there. But the, the the you know with the limited tickets and that sort of stuff, you felt like the the drivers were really close to you. Mm. Um, even though the the you know the the pit tickets and that were already gone, but uh-huh. you felt like the the drivers just spent so much time and trying to interact with as many fans as possible, which is which I thought was excellent. You know whether that be. Someone gave him a rundown of what we've been through the last two years, and obviously, you know, that the event being cancelled, um, you know, in recent times for us Melburnians, um, I'm not too sure, but yeah, the last three days have just been so good for us. So I was wrapped. I was there. I'm a Hamilton fan. I'm, I'm disappointed he didn't get over the line, but at the end of the day, we got a race, and that's what we were after. Oh, and to speak of like some of the numbers that have come through, so it was 756 days since the last Australian GP and it was yep. a crowd of around 420,000 across the weekend, making it one of the biggest weekend events in Australian sports history and, in cool. fact, one of the biggest weekend crowds the Formula 1 has ever seen. Oh, the weather the weather would have played a role in that as well, I think. Like, we got, we got perfect weather for it, um, you know, like... Nothing, nothing was going to stop it. Not even COVID could stop this one. It was. Whereabouts did you sit, Adam, at the track? Um, at turn, I think turn seven it was. So we, you could, there was a bit of space to walk up and down. So we were moving around. We didn't really stand in one spot. Mm. You get tired, like especially the first two days. Mm. You try and get as close as you can to drivers. You know when they're not racing and that, and you, 
you get really, really tired. But, um, you know, we're, we're in between the turn six and turn eight. So, um, yeah, it was loud, really loud. <laughs> I took my daughter there on the first day. I didn't take her the, the next two because it was just too loud. Yeah. But, um, you know, you know, we were at a cafe um, earlier on today and, you know, we could we could hear hear the engines going and um, but it was just a great day, great three days. Um, you know, the weather wise, the result, being able to have the race, you know, it was it was fantastic, I think. And did you what did you think of some of the crashes that occurred throughout qualifying and then again today, you know, Verstappen left his car just you know <laughs> just broke down I, on him as well. His wasn't a crash, but yeah, there was a few sort of engineering issues as well across the weekend. There was. Look, the the, the best part about this season and I think it's going to continue on is it's an even playing field so you know in the past you've had Mercedes with better engines than others and yeah. you know what what made Verstappen's you know championship win last year so good is it, it you know his engine wasn't as good as Mercedes but he was able to you know um take over was. Hamilton it went to the last race as well but you know in the final moments but um you know, it's just a level playing field. You see, like Leclerc, you've, you've got obviously Ricardo. You know, sitting in the top six or seven as well, which is really good for for us Aussies who who follow it. Um, you know, my brother's a passionate Verstappen fan, and and I I was on on the phone to him as soon as you know he had to pull out of the race, and and he just hung up in my face. So <laughs> I understand why, but uh, I think it was really any time Verstappen's out of a race, it's it's good for some, but not for all. I think. Mm. Yeah, very divisive character. But yeah. a, a great, a great drive from Leclerc. Absolutely, he was impressive from 100%. start to finish. Yeah, that's not easy. I mean, if you can, if you can lead a race for ten laps, you know you're doing well. But to go from from start to finish is is a really top effort. Um, young driver as well. So, yeah, a, a bright future for the next five or ten years. Hopefully, you know Schumacher steps up as well and and. Um, you know, can can uh, walk in his in his father's footsteps mm. as well, and and you know, he doesn't have to win races, but you know, even just to get on 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 the points really is um would be good too. But yeah, level playing field, great weekend of sport. Carlton went down of for the first time this, you know, for, um as well just twitching the footy. Mm-hmm. The last couple of rounds, my phone's been dying pretty early because of the WhatsApp groups with the Carlton supporters, but today. <laughs> I've got full battery, so I've got <laughs> less headaches. <laughs> I love it. Hey, yep. Adam, thanks for calling through. It's been great to chat to you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Have a good night. Yeah, I do wonder uh, what Adam was saying that with, you know, um, the F1 drivers, because it feels like my Instagram feed has been full of anyone that I follow that's gone, just selfies galore with any driver mm-hmm. that they wanted to see, anyone that they wanted access to in the F1 game. Heads of the teams. They've had it. Yeah. You know, and it has just looked like one of those events that's like, oh, hang on a minute. Like, might have to put that on the calendar at some point with how great it looked. I mean, it always is going to be with that return to form with, you know, the last couple of years of unpleasantries, but it just looked like an event. You saw the people that you went to see and you could meet them. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if you get that at every event that you try and go to. So it was, you could just see that on social media. So for, yeah, to, to hear that from a live on the ground report, fantastic. Great to hear on Sunday nights. Keep calling through one 736 736 Time for your calls and your texts in just a moment here on Sunday nights when Jen and Paul return. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app.
You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Welcome back to Sunday Nights. Jen Wallace is my name and sitting across from me, Paul Heath as well. Heater, uh, the text line is the other way to get involved across Sunday nights, 0433 98 11 16, and quite a few have come in, including one asking for some Major League Baseball results. Yeah, let's dive into it. Also seeing if the Yankees had a win. They did, and they downed the Red Sox today. I don't know if they call that a derby or anything like that, but a lot of bad blood between those teams. So uh, the Yankees with a 4-2 win in that one there. So please uh, do forgive me if I storm through these a little bit, because it's just the names, you know, the numbers, like you really do get on a run. But the Rays... Uh, down the Orioles, who have one of the better uh, mascots in the league, five to three. The White Sox over the Tigers, five to two. The Mariners too good for the Twins, four three. Cardinals down the Pirates, six to two. The Cubs they swept the Brewers, nine zip today. Blue Jays four three over the Rangers. Phillies too good for the Athletics, four to two. The Marlins in a close one over the Giants. I was just talking about the Giants with someone the other day, two to one. Uh, the Royals one nil winners over the Guardians. I forgot the Cleveland team changed, changed their yep. name, didn't they? Guardians. Also, what did the what did the Washington football team end up as? I've forgotten that one now. I remember it going through a little while. Were they the, the Nationals? Def- the Defenders or something like that Washington in the NFL? Washington Nationals? Yeah. Could be. Could be. Uh, the Mets down the Nationals, uh, five zip. The Braves over the Reds, 2-1. Rockies, too good for the Dodgers, 3-2. Padres down the Diamondbacks, 5-2. And the Angels swept the Astros, 2-zip. And, of course, about 27 games tomorrow as you just you can get across if you are an MLB fan out there I like the analysis I like how bogged down into the details and also the you know the OBS and all that sort of stuff that they bring up in the Moneyball movies and stuff like that you know so I I can well and truly get stuck in those details but for that texter the Yankees had a win today Good work, the Yankees. Uh, the, the open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got a couple people waiting on the line. Thank you for your patience, Steve. We can see you there. But before we get to you, let's jump on with Enzo. Thanks for calling through, Enzo. Hey, Paulie and Jenny. Good evening. Hi, Enzo. Good evening. Ah, uh, yes. What a great uh, weekend of footy. Uh, didn't start off great the first uh, Thursday night. Ken Hinkley decided to bat for a draw on Thursday night and made it the most <laughs> game. He said, mate, the most boring game in the world. Melbourne, I was very frustrated that uh, Ken decided to um, bat for a draw and um, uh, Ken Inkley, mate, he can't coach, I'm afraid. And um, uh, the players were saying he told them to play that way on Thursday night. The players said, it's exactly what Ken told us. They interviewed him later and they said, Ken told us to play that way. So he batted for a draw at the beginning. Um, uh, he had no idea, and don't tell me they're missing cattle. They're missing three players. Gray, Aaliyah, and Dixon. Uh, uh, you're telling me those three players are a difference between them being a top four side and being a bottom four side? Um, no, I don't, give, I don't give them a... I don't give Port any slack. Uh, no sympathy for Port. No, sounds it. And why... And I'll tell you why. What happened this weekend? What did North Melbourne do? And what did West Coast do? You're telling me that Port that that Port has got a without those three players have got a worse list than uh, both North Melbourne and uh, West Coast at the moment. Uh, it's hard. They've got no heart. Port has got no heart. They didn't just, they didn't show any heart, and it all comes from their coach. Um, you know, it, it's disgraceful the way he played it. But that's all right. Melbourne doesn't mind because Melbourne we're the champions, so we will just sit back. We'll sit back and. Teams have got to come to Melbourne. They've got to come and got to attack. I know that 
if they've decided, oh, they can't beat, they couldn't beat Melbourne one on one, play proper footy. But Melbourne will just Melbourne's too good and too um, calm and too too uh, well coached to worry about those sort of tactics that Port Adelaide done, and they just uh, they just sat back and said, no problem, uh, Kenny, you can do that all night. We'll just stay back and then. We'll just wait for the mistakes. And when you make those few mistakes, we'll bounce in about five minutes, destroy you, and then go and just sit back again. So, no, no sympathy for Port, I'm afraid. And um, also, and, uh, Carlton, good that Carlton lost and uh, good that Collingwood lost. I don't believe in both, anyone, either one of those lists. Uh, Carlton, you know, that's just, oh, pay out. Pay Carlton out. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, they weren't really round. that impressive. Yeah, they're not really that. They weren't really that impressive in their wins. Um, the dogs aren't very good. Richmond started the season off badly. Um, yeah, and, they, you know, the, and the Gold Coast, uh, they spanked them. They got spanked by the Gold Coast because I think um, Carlton started believing their own hype and got ahead of themselves. So, gone your blue baggers. <laughs> and, uh, so that's, that's, uh, and Collingwood, uh, I think they got ahead of themselves too, mm. uh, way ahead of themselves. And uh, that's a good, good effort from It just showed you North Melbourne should have beaten Sydney, but... It's just effort, effort, and take the game on. You know, West Coast took the game on. Um, North Melbourne, they took the game on until the last quarter when they blew their chances. Yeah. But, you know, they tackled hard. They put their effort in. They didn't take a backward step and say, oh, we're just going to try and save the game like Kenny did. He just said, I'm going to try and save the game. So, sorry, Port, Port ain't going to go anywhere. They'll never go anywhere. There's no point making finals for them. Their season's finished. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, I think I'll finish my rant for the night. And I'll say, go <laughs> Thanks, Enzo. Appreciate it, mate. That's Enzo on the road giving us a call on uh, SCN on Sunday nights. And just my thoughts on that, it is if you're going to let Harms get 23 touches, if you're going to let Langdon get 26 touches, if you're going to let Jordan get 27 disposals, Brayshaw have 23, if you're going to let Gorn have 25 disposals and you're playing against the Demons, you're going to have problems doesn't matter who you are. And there is there was an element of Melbourne maybe putting the, the queue in the rack. You know, it was done at half time, wasn't it? So only it being I, I saw some people sort of hanging on to the point that it was only a six goal loss, you know, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. But it was like, no, you weren't on the field yeah, with them. It was for very the majority much of the game. That Melbourne, I would say second gear. Yeah. Second gear that they didn't they didn't have to, <sighs> to push harder. Uh and so yeah, a lot of lot of work still to be done mm. from Port Adelaide to make yeah. sure of that. I think the point was valid about North Melbourne's obviously West Coast Eagles got the win, but that that heart, that work rate, mm. the you know, it, it it's about you, you as a player, you're the only one that can control your own work rate and your yeah. own attitude and desire. Yeah. And I think that's what frustrates people the most. I, I think people can understand an execution error, mm. you know, under under pressure, under, you know, a, a humid ball or anything like that. You can understand the execution errors. But where most supporters get, the, you know, <laughs> we, we get a little bit frustrated when we think, we win there. Yeah. We have an affair income crack. Yeah. That's what we want to see. Mm. More to talk about here on Sunday nights. We'll go through the rest of the round, continue to work our way back through some highlights. We'll continue to take your calls, of course, on 1300 736 736. Stick around for more on Sunday night. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Welcome back to Sunday Nights here with Jen Wallace, Paul Heath joining me as well across the desk. And it's been a, 
really quick show. We're oh, it's fine, by Almost finished the second <laughs> hour. One more hour to take all of your calls and your texts. one 736 736 and 0433-9811-16. We've been asking if you've got songs that sum up the weekend. Uh, we've had a couple of good ones that come through, uh, including for the Hawks, we got to get out of this place. That was a cheeky one as well. Thanks yeah. for that text coming through. Is it that bad? Hawks fans, is it that bad? Like, Or is everyone two just piling on? Piling on, surely. Surely. Two and two, new coach, young team. Is it that bad? I want to I hear from a Hawks fan about it. Get on the line. Yeah. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heater needs to talk to you. Is it that bad? Yeah, because I'm hearing a lot about this from other people, but I want someone that's dog in the fight. You know dog, what I mean? Dog in yeah, the fight. that's the that's it. Uh, we'll also obviously <laughs> cross this weekend. We've had the AFLW Grand Final, oh, so we've rounded yeah. up that season. Yep. And even though potentially there's another one of those seasons turning up in about three months' time, I, I don't know say what it's two call- weeks away, isn't it? Like- <laughs> I don't know what we're calling that because yep. we've been calling this one. Season 2022. <laughs> That's for another day, that issue. But um, playing in the Adelaide Crows side was Chelsea Randall and Aaron Phillips, two people that seem to have had a huge legacy on the Crows women. There's you know, three premierships from four attempts. Uh, let's hear from Doc Clark, their coach, on both of these players and their legacy. We were unbelievably proud of her. She's, uh, you know, in, that, in those formative years, you know, the early couple of years, uh, Aaron and Chelsea, you know, they, they drove... The culture and the standards, and they and they taught them how to be professional and how to how to be good. Um, and so, um, when we talk about cementing the legacy, it's you know, in, a lar- in a large part it's her legacy and Chelsea's as well, obviously. But um, so now we're amazingly proud of her, and you know we'll see what happens over the next little while. I'm sure you'll get to write lots of column inches on it, which will be great. Lots of column inches potentially coming up, Peter, as we look at will Aaron Phillips' career continue? If it does continue, is it a player or a coach? Is it a hybrid of both? Mm. Is it at the Adelaide Crows or is it at Port Adelaide where Dad was involved? Could be. Player coach. How good would that be? And either way, I think she's only got a chance to even leave a greater Mm. legacy, Aaron Phillips. She's been a marvel and something so enjoyable to watch and her sporting resume just reads like a highlight reel. Uh, Your calls, your texts are both important to us across the Sunday nights. one 736 736 and text 0433 98 11 16. Get in touch here on Sunday nights. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Welcome to the last hour here on Sunday Nights uh, as we really you know, allow time to unpack all that has happened across the weekend, heavily focused on AFL, of course, but there is other sporting codes out there. And Dean on the text line 0433981116. Little humble brag from Dean, NRL footy tips. He got eight from eight and sits on 29 total. Dean, you're a superstar. Uh, speaking of tips in AFL tips, I was three from nine. So I'm at the complete other End of the scale, unfortunately, for me and my tipping. Um, how's your tipping gone? Let us know. We're taking some suggestions for some songs that sum up how you're feeling about the weekend or how your team has gone. Extra credit points if the team's nickname, of course, can be in that. Um, and we'll race through and, and play little snippets of those uh, and enjoy those moments with you across a Sunday night. What's left of our hour here. Time for your calls and your texts. One three hundred seven three six seven three six from Moondog on the text line. Hawks need time, no need to panic. 
We know we are capable. We have played two poor teams and two quality and two and two with an okay percentage. We are where we expected. Thanks, Moondog. I know Hida was asking the question, is it really that bad, Hawthorne fans? I know today didn't go the way you wanted it to. 69-point loss to St Kilda. It was St Kilda 22-10, sorry, 22-10-142 over the Hawks, 10-13-73. Here's the sounds of the call. Dylan Moore, who we spoke about in the pregame, and he gets a free kick for a push in the back. Clear in front, 25 out, and he does get the first of the day. Oh, that man again. Dylan Moore. I have to hook it a long way here, Jules. Look at about 45 metres. Oh, he has. He's done pretty well. He's got it there. Two goals to Dylan Moore. They're pretty sharp here, the Hawks. Right, a beautiful tap down to Gresham. Just got Reeves out of the way. Gresham trying to swing one back. That is a magnificent goal. Telling non-handball while Mitch Lewis up the other end. No, Max King, 45 out. Sharper than a 45-degree angle. He struck it beautifully. Takes a bounce, launches one into the forward 50. King, very strong mark. He beat out Frost there and plays on straight away. Has Brad Hill in the centre of 50. The Saints going to kick another one. Just on half-back, plays on quickly. They've got numbers on the far side, and that's exactly where they go. Will Day's out over the top. Finds Bruce. He can go one more to Gunston. Up he goes, Gunston at ground level. They're going to get another one as Mitch Lewis walks it into goal. Steps away from Howe onto that left boot. He's going to kick inside 50, looking for Ryder. Reeves not looking at the footy, and in the end, he grabbed him. Always in trouble when you're not looking at the ball. So he's going to kick from about 35 out. Just wheels around now, around the body. Made it look easy. He doesn't miss many, big Paddy Ryder. Over the head of Warple, and Newcomb straight into the middle of the MCG. It was a big contest in the middle of the ground. Dan McKenzie did well. It fell to Ryder, who just shoveled off a handball. McKenzie, long. He's got Butler wide open. He runs into an open goal. He was tackled quickly, but no worries there. Advantage played, so kick inside 50. Membry on his head. He's going to get it. 229 goals for his 135 games. Slow approach, and he's put it straight through the middle. Kick, oh, Reeves has gone away. Oh, here he is. Reese, slow approach, just job. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Gun barrel straight. Run at it. In the end, he was just cut off Whoop. by Dropped Scrimshaw. The umpire called play on. Mason Wood, he can handball it off. And Gresham on the end of it. Hardwick with the turnover from the kick in. Ross, short ball, looking for a target, finds him in Membry. Goal 231 in his career. Tim Membry, 45 metres out, leans back on it. And slots it straight through the middle. And the Saints are on a run at the MCG. Spoiled in the end out of McDonald's hands. And the Saints get it on the turnover. Going up to King. Couldn't take the grab. At ground level was Butler. He gets it on the boot quickly. There's two or three Saints there. Hill on the end of it. Red at best. Running back with the flight. Another goal to Brad Hill as he just slots that one. He's got two for the day, and Saints fans up and about at the MCG. 9-2-56. Advantage paid to Steele, who spots up Membry. 45 out almost directly in front. Membry, 45 out. That is gun barrel straight. Bruce tried to pick it up. The umpire's found a free kick. No, he's going to ball. It. No, it's a Hawthorne free kick in the end. Might be going the way of Bruce. This man will not muck it up. Okay, I'm not even going to watch this. This is in the book. Yep. Comes around and slots it. Here's a chance oh, for the spinner. Pick two, and he's got three. Two down, four, three, 27. Here's a chance for the Hawks in the stoppage. 
and they've got a goal through Jager O'Meara. Five of one inside 50. Now Max King, you've got to give it off. Over to Hill. Uh, he could have given it over to Ryder, but he got knocked over. So Brad Hill, well, he'll go back for number three. <laughs> While since he's kicked three in a game, but he's got it. Pops it up to the wing. Granger Barashi Marshall. He grabbed him there. Granger Barashi knew he was in trouble. Look at the pace. Butler off to Long. He's got another one out if he wants. But he's got to find King oh. again. <laughs> he could have gone to Wood. Would have been a harder kick, so he just took the easy option. Down Max King, and every time he gets the ball, those Saints fans are just done. Yeah, he's threatening to blow this one apart even further, isn't he? He made it happen last week in a tighter game, but Maxi King, he might fill his backpack full of a nice chunk of goals to head back to his nice establishment. I suppose in Brighton or something yeah. at the moment, that's where Maxi would be country. residing. So Max, you, same Johnny. spot. Is it the same result? Yes, it is. Duck back late, left to right. So King goes bang, bang. He's got three now. Kenzie Gresham, 40. Give it. Oh, oh he's going to go inside. Go, give go. Off to Hill. <laughs> For number four, Brad Hill. He's never kicked three before. He's never kicked four until now. Oh, this is a celebration for the Saints. <laughs> 22 goals, if you don't mind. Four to Brad Hill. Four to Max King. Four to Jade Gresham. Four to Tim Membry. The nostalgia. Round four, the Saints. I've got no allegiance to either team in this one, boys. <laughs> the ball tossed rubbish. in deep in Hawthorne's forward line. Good tackle there by Ben Patton, but it was a push. Fell on top of him. Luke Bruce will get well, after the siren, the final shot. Finish things off to make it a 69-point margin. There's the siren. So the Saints will walk away victorious by how much? He's on Luke Bruce's boot right now, and he slots it through the middle. So one back at the end for the Hawks, but the Saints too strong in the end. 22-10, 142 to 10-13-73. It was a big, big victory there for St Kilda. Uh, 22 10, 142 to 10, 13, 73. It was a big one uh, for St Kilda, and they go to three in a row, Heater. Wow. I mean, yeah, it, it, one of those teams that we thought would come on with things last year, and then it didn't quite get there. And Is it happening? It's all there. It's all on the table. Brett Ratton's a great coach. You know, I'm all on the table being the players. Mm. And then Rat's a good coach. So it's just timing. Injuries that we're talking about before, you know, and performance on field and being three and one at this point, there's only one result that's better, isn't there? Four and zip. That's right. Gotta keep going. Then you get in your head. Uh, <laughs> so. so on these Sunday nights, we're asking for your calls. one three hundred at 736-736. And Dirk has done exactly that. He's on the line now. G'day, Dirk. Oh, oh good evening, Jen. Thank you very much for taking my call. Our pleasure. What did you want to speak about with Heater and I tonight? Yeah, um, yeah, being a Melbourne supporter and watching the uh, the AFLW Grand Final. Um, look, you know, all credit goes to you know goes to Adelaide Crows. They, you know, they just completely, you know, outplayed Melbourne, and um, you know, they just put the pressure on on. Uh, we just couldn't, you know, Melbourne just couldn't resist the, you know, the pressure that um, that was put onto them, but. Um, you know, as I said, I I believe that you know just watching the interviews with with Daisy Pierce, it mm -hmm. was really hard to watch. 
They were. And just seeing emotional. how the you can just see the emotion just coming out when when she was being interviewed and being asked the difficult questions. And I really think, well, in my own opinion, I think she's going to go again next season. You think so? You think with the short season turnaround, that might just make it easier for her to to commit that time? Yeah, definitely. I think you know with the shorter period of time. Um, you know, and obviously she made it clear that she's, you know, she's got a lot to weigh up. But, you know, we're we're almost into the middle of April, and um, and the season starts in August. So I think that's a, a really quick turnaround. It is. And um, yeah, I just have a funny feeling that, um, you know, the way that she spoke, um, you know, I could sort of feel the hurt in the way, you know, she was answering the questions, and I really think that she's going to. She's going to go around next season. Dirk, I think it's a, one that we're all watching to see because we know she's got her media work. We know there's the storyline about will she be um, coaching with the Geelong tabled offer there and you know, still everyone waiting to find out exactly what's going to happen with this season being brought forward again to August. But I really appreciate your phone call, um, Dirk, and, and talking about Daisy Pierce. She's uh, an icon of the women's game, isn't she? She certainly is. Um you know, um, you know, I'm really feeling for, you know, all the, you know, you know, for all the girls in the Melbourne side. And um, I really hope they all have their heads up. They should be really proud of their season and what they've achieved. And, you know, and hopefully they'll go one better next season. Couldn't agree more with Dirk. Great call uh, all about Daisy Pierce And Hita, this was Daisy speaking in the rooms post-game and she was emotional. You can hear it in her voice. Asked about her future. Severely disappointed, first and foremost, but um, yeah, Mick and I am proud of our girls and the whole program's efforts to get us in this position and even our efforts today, like a lot of the game, um, we were able to wrestle into our, onto our terms, like we're pretty happy with our contest and areas of the game, but just our inability to land a blow and take the opportunities um, when we needed to uh, were probably the issue today, so you can't question this team's effort or their ability to have a crack for four quarters. So you're proud walking away from that. But, yeah, you just get that sense we've got to go away, get to work and get better because um, the Adelaide Crows set the bar again. So we sort of felt like we had them on the back foot late in that second quarter um, and came out in the second half with a lot of belief that we were starting to get it on our terms. But, yeah, that, that third quarter... I think they came out and kicked a centre bounce goal early, which didn't help. But just the spirit of our girls to keep fighting and set ourselves up the opportunities we did. Um, yeah, I think that's what, what I talked to. And we say we're proud of the efforts. We, we kept cracking in, sort of weren't overwhelmed by the occasion. We gave ourselves every chance, but yeah, just didn't nail the moments. To Adelaide's credit, they nailed their moments today. And in big games like that, that's, that's the difference. It was the difference today. She speaks well, Daisy Pierce. What a communicator. Wow. <laughs> un- under that pressure and that hurt of coming through the entire season, you win, you lose the, the main game that you mm. know you really want to win and you were probably in a game where you weren't allowed to play your best footy. Mm. Um, she, gee, she speaks so, so well. I I really got on board the Melbourne Demons uh, sort of AFLW run for this year when they came over and smashed the Dockers on the Optus Oval. And then oh, yes. all the talk of we saw what the AFL M team did over here, what they were able to build, and they were inspired by it and stuff like that. And I was like, this is a pretty special group that they've got here. But hearing Daisy talk there, I would say she's not going to go around again. What do, what do, you, what do you hear in that? 
When, her f- the f- first sort of sentence where she said, oh, it's time for family. Yeah. And then she went, but right now to stop and get <laughs> yeah. talk about it. And I was like, when I, I remember watching it live thinking, oh, yeah. it is, it's the moment she's yeah. saying it. And then she went Ugh. to stop and go and think about it, which is very similar to what Aaron Phillips said as well. Said, look, mm. we need now time. And both mentioned the fact that, look, we actually still don't know what is happening next year. Nothing has actually come out that confirms exactly what it's going to look like. And so we need that time to, to figure it out. Mm. On the text line, uh, Michael, Aaron Phillips will play cap, will play be player ca- and captain power next season. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if she does. There's a huge family pool <laughs> there. So and cool. as I said, well, there'd be it'd just be increasing her legacy, setting up yet another team. She's been credited alongside Chelsea Randall and others as being a huge part of mm. the uh, culture created at Adelaide Crows. So if she can do that again at Port Adelaide. Mm. Ooh, legacy, tick, tick, tick. Oh, we might have to try and get Billy back in the break. But uh, if you want to get involved, 0433981116. Uh, Big Al saying, what's going on? Is Heater back? Uh, I didn't go anywhere. They just like put me in a back room a little bit and that sort of thing. So I've, I've been here, but now they've uh, unleashed me on the uh, airwaves once again alongside Jen Wallace. So yeah, Big Al, in a way, I guess I am back. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> More from myself, Jen, and from Heater in just a moment. And we'll try and sort out our system with Billy so we can hear from him when we come back. Stick with us here on Sunday nights. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. You're hot, you're hot, you're hot. Are you on the ball? A seminal smash hit from Westy and the Benchwarmers that is holding the ball. I promised it was good and it delivered, my friend, right there. Bit of uh, post-punk Australian, Australiana, shall we go with? But we heard from Westy earlier on the uh, open line, uh, the great man. And yeah, just if you like that, you, you got to go and check out. It's time that Tassie had its own team because whew, that is some good work there. <laughs> really, really good stuff. That was good. I get the, I get the post-punk feel to it as yeah, well. Yeah, so. that's it. Holding the ball. Now I get what you were singing to Three blokes earlier. in a shed wearing jerseys and away they go, you know. It's just, it's good times. <laughs> get around it. Absolutely. I think uh, we, maybe we should get um, Westy on to making us a Sunday night. Oh, there we go. Theme song. What do you reckon? I'm sure his ears have just pricked He's up got, down there in Denmark, which I'm sure is very wet <laughs> going by Perth at oh, the moment. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so on the phone line now, one 736 736 on Sunday nights. That's the way to get involved across this show. We're in our last hour and it's been a big Two and a bit hours so far as we're unpacking the sport from the weekend with a special focus on Aussie rules. Billy joins us now on Sunday nights. Billy, great to talk to you. Good evening, guys. Yeah, that is a very catchy song. I think that's <laughs> going to go to number one very quick, I think. <laughs> <laughs> very on you, Billy. Song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, just a uh, previous caller there talked about Daisy Pierce. Uh, she was going to go around again. I'm more intrigued about Erin Phillips, what she's going to do now with Port Adelaide coming in. I don't know if she's going to stick with that Adelaide team that's been a dynasty or is she going to just try to go where her bloodlines are at that Port Adelaide. It's going to be very interesting, that one. And also just on the AFLW, uh, very interesting to hear Craig Sarchwich's comments last week. He had some very good points about uh, his club developing all the girls over the last few years and then these new clubs just coming straight in and taking them off him when they've done all the development and then having them all 
ready-made and straight up. I know they got even the competition out, but I just think he had some good points about that. It's pretty unfair when you got one club developing these girls over a few years and then these new clubs coming in and just offering them big money to say, come join us. And um, you, you, they're ready-made players. They don't have to do nothing. So it's going to be interesting to see how it evens out. But as I said, I was just more intrigued with Aaron Phillips more than Daisy. Mm. Uh, I hope Daisy does go around. But I think Aaron Phillips is the big one that I'm intrigued with. Is she going to go to her bloodlines or stick with that dynasty of that great Adelaide Crows team? Yeah, Billy, I'm glad you've asked the question because I know um, Steve, who looks like he's on the line as well following you, uh, tried to call in earlier and we were chatting off air. He has some thoughts on uh, what Aaron Phillips might be up to as well. But I think she'll most likely go to Port Adelaide. That's where I'm leaning um, because there's a chance for her to, to leave an even greater footprint on AFLW as a whole. I think that might attract her as an, an, adex, an extra motivation. The other thing you've got to remember is uh, her wife's American... Erin uh, Phillips in the past has been a, a coach over in the WNBA. Uh, she's got her radio gig here in Australia as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on outside of the the, the footy player that I suppose we know as well. So um, yeah, I'll be, I'm watching this week as well to see what announcements she does make. Yeah, so yeah, it, it would be very intriguing. And as that previous caller said, it's mm. a short turnaround is going to make everything even more interesting because they haven't got much time now. There's a lot less. Um, uh, work to go into it now. They've only got a few months to prepare now. So I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a better competition with these two teams coming in. But I'm just a little bit worried with these teams. I like you're going to have three or four great players. But then after that, I think the drop off might be dramatic in these new teams because they um, haven't really developed yet unless they've got good baselines in their local leagues. Yep. But still, in their local league and AFLW, two different things. They definitely are. Billy, I really appreciate your call. What I'll do, I've actually got that audio from Starshevich talking about how the expansion teams do hit hard on the existing teams, Billy. So I might play that for everyone now as a reminder of what that affects on some of the existing teams are. Thanks, Billy, for calling through and getting the conversation started. No problem, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Billy calling through yeah, on 1300 736 736. This is Brisbane Lions coach just speaking about the expansion. Honestly, something we haven't heard others do. They've been towing the company line. Check it out. I sort of know that we're going to be under the pump with the sign and trade pretty quickly. Um, and we definitely know that there's four clubs hovering around. Um, hmm. No. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> because I can get very cranky about that. Um, yeah. Because, I mean... We've been in the comp six years, and we went through a couple of years ago the big four-team expansion. It was like, Jesus, we're down to 17 players, right? And and in hindsight, it did us a massive favour because we brought in O'Dwyer and Davidson and Bodie and Dawes and Hickey and you name it. So we had a, a good off-season there to bring them in. It took us a year or two to get cranking, but we're, we're OK now. If it's going to happen again now, like, that's fine to say the comp needs to expand and you need players going here. It doesn't help. It never helps us. It never helps us. Because we're the ones that put all the time and effort into developing players, developing relationships, and then what do you do? Just go and pull the rug out from under... It, it drives me freaking mad. I don't know if there's another way of doing it, but it drives me mad because we run the team. We coach the team, we develop the players, and I don't know what 
the answer is, but it's, it, it absolutely drives me mad um, that your big offers come in from the clubs that are not even in the comp and they end up being the, you know, the tail ends up wagging the dog and they, they make all the demands about how to get players. So, said too much. <laughs> it's so important. Like, so, like I love uh, Stark's, uh, yeah, sort of uh, views on all of it. But it's so important for coaches to stand up to leagues like that because it doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. And the way that he's doing it, he's still tiptoeing around it. I don't know if he got a fine or not. He probably got a hit on the back of the hand about what he's saying. But there's no clarity around the AFLW, is there? With the next season, the parameters of which, what they're going to call it, like you said, it's not going to be season 2022 because we've had season 2022. <laughs> so there's just so much that's unknown about it. And he's saying, yeah, we're bringing all these players along and then wonderful that they go and get paid well for what they do, but there's no regeneration. Then we're yeah. back to building up a player again. Well, it's not even, that's the problem where the money comes in is that the money still is something that needs to expand because the mm. CBA is, th these players are not on a wage that means they can, you know, yeah. nothing about their setup means they can go to rental or get a, a home mm. loan or a car loan, that sort of stuff. So yeah. even the paperwork needs to change. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about AFLW and I know Steve is on the line here and he's been waiting really patiently. And Steve, let's get to you now. Welcome to Sunday Nights. Thank you. How are you guys? We are great. Really, really good. I know you wanted to speak oh, a little yeah. bit about Aaron Phillips. Yeah, uh, firstly, Craig should have another shoey, I think. Oh, how good, <laughs> how good was that shoey? <laughs> um, with with Aaron, uh, Aaron Phillips, um, if she's so in, um, intent on following her father's footsteps, why did she go to the Crows? Why didn't she go to Collingwood? I'm not a Collingwood supporter. I'm just wondering why it was that important for her to go to the Crows and not to Collingwood if she wanted to follow in the, in her father's footsteps yeah. because by going to port that's what she's doing well, i think the interesting thing was is if you think back to the very beginning when aflw got floated um there's a picture of erin phillips in the port adelaide playing kit because that they were also going for a license they didn't get the license but they were going for the license and then obviously her family connection they're all living in adelaide and i think that's where the choice to, to get back to Adelaide came from Steve, and now with the with Port Adelaide going to have the license, then with the expansion they're in, so maybe now it's connecting back to that original photo we saw what seven years ago of her in her Port Adelaide gear. Maybe she never really considered Collingwood. I don't know, but maybe that's just where she felt it was. Yeah, yeah just because her, her old man played for Collingwood Before. back in the whatever eighties, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, so um, also, if she never got those injuries she sustained, mm. she probably would have won everything. <laughs> you know, she probably they, they probably would have won all the grand finals, um, and she probably would have got she would have been a dusty. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. But. I agree with you, Steve. <laughs> Great, great call through. And so, do you think she go? To, do you think she'll play on? Obviously, talking about those injuries, uh, you could see she was probably oh, so. this year with the knee. Yeah, I hope so because you know she's she's one who you'd really go to watch all the time because she gives you what you, you pay for, you know. And mm -hmm. um, she doesn't mess around. She, she plays like a football should play. Agreed. <laughs> totally agree. Appreciate the thoughts, Steve.
Great to talk with Steve. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. He raises a really good point about Erin mm. Phillips and those injuries. So she did her knee. Yep. Uh, so ACL out for a while, misses oh, that time. Yeah. The knee, you could see with the heavily strapping on it again this year, it's affecting her and she was, was proppy. Mm. One thing that I admire about the way she plays is she's both sides of the body. Yeah. So she, when she, she's <laughs> often like a, this, this year, she was kicking goals off her left yeah. more than her right. And that was, I think someone said that uh, in a text earlier, that was one of those skills that we only used to look at Aaron Phillips to be able to do in the AFLW, but that in recent years has become almost, you know, the standard that you have to be able to, um, you know, dispose of on both sides of the body, but definitely one of the first and one of the ones that, you know, is quintessential to that sort of a skill within AFLW. But yeah, it it feels like that emotional pull is going to win out. I think is, I think Port and it just would set, we haven't had that with the Dockers and Eagles um, AFLW sides that they haven't had that sort of rivalry inbuilt in the derbies and things like that. There's yeah. a lot of ex-Fremantle girls on the West Coast Eagles side, but to have someone that's led Adelaide to those flags, that's led them as they have, now. and then goes across mm. the road, like that would, it's got to put some feeling and, you know, just all of that that we want to see in those sorts of rivalry matches. So it could really set up the AFLW for another great rivalry. And I think like Doc Clark covered off the fact that, you know, it's not a bad thing for the game mm. if for, he, he's talking about his state, obviously they're a state that have had the one team, mm. they'll go to two uh, and you'll get the showdown rivalry there. Yeah. And I think most people realistically know the competition is going to take a hit in the expansion and the state leagues are going to take a hit. Yeah. That's probably that underpinning bit. program. Yeah. But in time it will be absolutely better. Um, it's and, a bit down know, the road, it's, isn't it's it? It's that whole thing of I remember when cricket started to take these steps in the right direction and now you're looking at your Perrys and Lannings and Healy's yeah. completely profiting off being fantastic cricketers mm. and because they've got the time to put into it, they're getting better as cricketers and look at the dominance of the yeah. Australian women's cricket team. They are the gold standard when it comes to Australian contracting when it comes to women's sports and you know i think aflw released their strategic strategic plan and it was all about nine years long and i at the time said too long bring it short you've no. got to you've got to aim higher and you've got to do it quicker um but yeah i think we all can see the legacy of, of pierce and phillips especially yeah, most certainly uh, i'm getting stitched up on the text line just Are quickly Jen. let's go uh big al uh has got in touch and said how's your super coach going here to tell us all about it please now yeah. do you know Update why time. he's messaged me about this were you against him? Is that why? I'm coming last <laughs> in his group. And I feel like I got stitched up from the start. He's like, oh, it's just a 10-team ten, ten league here. Don't worry about it. It's just me and my mates. And I just, I feel like it's probably the nine others that are in the top 50 for Supercoach around Australia. And he's like, yeah, just jump in, Hater, it'll be fine. So I'm 10th in that group. Um, I, I go as high as second in other leagues. So, you know, I'm having... One of those years at the moment where it's really hard to tell where I'm at, but I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Going to just put my head down, get a couple of good performances in and bounce back from there. But if you have any suggestions for someone I need in my team for Supercoach, uh, I need all the help I can get because I'm not really breaking through that 2200 barrier at the moment. And if you want to win on the reg, you've got to be over 2200, I'm finding. Don't you what? I'm just trying to look at the <laughs> overnight crowd league that I'm in as well and just actually check up where I am. <laughs> I'm scrolling a lot here. Yes, yeah. where have I fallen to? <laughs> there I am, 83rd. 83rd. Oh. Oh. I'm 105th in that group, so. Can we go back to round one? I think I was in the top five <laughs> in round one. I'm taking it back. We're stopping right there. I knew I should have quit. <laughs> that quit should the have been me done. Yeah. Oh. Unfortunate. But uh, we'll bounce back. The uh, heaters, heart throbs, or whatever they are, they'll bounce back.
We'll be back next week. Uh, thanks for the text continuing to come in. I'd pay to see Anne Hatchard also. She's an absolute jet. She is an absolute mm. jet. Uh, was awarded best on ground and just she's dominant, uh, Anne Hatchard. <laughs> uh, more of in the lines of some of the music. Yeah. Summing up the weekend. Play Money Talks by ACDC. Uh, I think he might be uh, hitting on our uh, AFLW chat a mm-hmm. little bit there, which hits on what you're saying with that, lo- you know, nine years. It's too long because... You know, if you're going to be an agony aunt, agony uncle about it, but you can't complain about the loss of athletes if you then don't trump up what makes it attractive for an athlete to stick around. Like, you're going to have pure footy players come through, sure, Mm -hmm. but you're going to lose those athletes out because, like you say, there is the cricket contract. So if they can play cricket, you know, there's other things that are there, and then we're going to say, well, there's a dearth of talent available. Nine years we've got to wait for, you know, like you're saying. So It's it's a real interesting balance between, say, use Adelaide as the perfect example. Mm. They are a a dynasty at the moment. We know that. Now, that might be enough to keep those players wanting to stay there because, let's be honest, winning's fun. People like that. We all do. You always go out to play a game to win. So, you know, they're on a a good way in this sense. But... Mm. Uh, at the same time, short career chance to earn some money from it. If you can go across to an expansion team or someone else who's willing to pay you top dollar when you're on middle dollar at the other place, yep. you, you also get to go, I kind of get it. Yeah. You know, it's it's like if you, if you said to me, Jen, I'm, I'm moving on companies, this is my job role, and I might go, I really like working with you. <laughs> uh, but I've also got to go, good on you. Yeah. You know, I get it. Taking you care know, of it, business. It, yep. It's hard as much as it is, but you're taking care of business. And mm. so that's that's the way it is, unfortunately. We all love loyalty, but it does <laughs> go both ways, unfortunately. But, yeah, so Money Talks from ACDC, that's a great suggestion. Thanks for that <laughs> on the text line. And Big Al also getting cheeky with the um, super coach. He says for Hita to ask me for advice because – I'm a gun. He's absolutely giving me a bath on the text line. Just so, repeating. Thanks, I'm, in 80, I'm in 83rd of our league, so I'm not sure gun is the right term for me. But let's talk about it when we return here on Sunday nights. You're with Jen Wallace and Paul Heath. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app, you're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. So Martins tries to straighten up. It's a good ball just inside 50. Durham's on the end of it. First shot at goal coming up here for the Bombers. 49 metres from home. He has sucked the slipper into that one. Got a great connection. And that is the perfect start. Murphy, Dawson, the left footers all combining. Long ball to Tex. Couple of bites, he's got it. Hooks it on the left. And Tex Walker, welcome back. As the Crows players get around him. Scouting the pack was Lockie Murphy. A convincing handball by McGrath. Crows to the live here through row. They flick it back to Laird. Laird trying to get the purchase to the goal square. He does to Rochelle, who kicks his second. And the Crows just forced the turnover. They hunted. They got ball in hand. And they cut the margin back to two points. With the bright shoes on Perkins. Swings around onto the right boot. Sends it inside 50. Right at the back. No mark taken. But Felder Waterman handballed at Durham. Durham out even wider to Redmond onto the right, stepped round the body. Goal with the Bombers. Shield with the clearance to Cordwell. Quick through the air from 50. It'll clear the pack. Lightning stuff from the middle from Essendon. And that gets the red and black army to another decibel level. Laverty got underneath the footy, Walker back on it. Sweeps a handball over the top into the pocket. 
Himmelberg missed the target of Scholl, but then Keyes came in, sold the dummy. Keyes kicks the goal for Adelaide. And once again, they just hang around the Crows. Tex needs to hold his ground here. And then the soccer inside 50. It will be to the advantage of Adelaide. They can walk into the open goal, McHenry. They get one back again, Adelaide. Crouch, big ball to be won here. Just forward of centre for Essendon. Can they get it out? Perkins. Guelphy from 45. It'll bring the house down. Bombers back in front. Handball into the middle. Martin back to Ridley. Flying through. Was hind. Hind running. 60 metres out towards the pockets. At the back. Smith takes the mark. Runs in. Open goal. And kicked it for the Bombers. And they lead by seven. Just what they need at the home side. The Bombers are going to hang on. That Marvel Stadium. Have a listen to the roar. They found a way. Bombers getting their season win tally underway, Peter. Oh, you're on Sunday nights here with Jen Wallace. Um, Respect to the Gold Coast Suns, that's a song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just, gets just, into my head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's have a look here. Let's turn our attention to um, an article posted up on sen.com.au. Head across to that website uh, and, and check out the articles that are written. This one particularly because it gives us some talking points, Heater. The six things mm. we learned from round four. At the very least, isn't it? You know, like... Well, that's right. There could be many, many things. But here, here is a summary of the six things uh, learnt from round four. Mm. Port Adelaide nearing rock bottom. They may have just hit it next Sunday. Yes, they may. Um, uh, they're 0-4. We heard it's getting ugly. Before, you know, we've had a caller say they're only missing three players. Mm. Wines has the heart. Issue now is it? A, is it? Do we call it a murmur? I'm not too sure. What it, what, it was an um, irregular heartbeat or something like that, wasn't it? Um, that he's had. So that's going to be a wait and see. So mm-hmm. possibly can't expect him to come straight back in. But yeah, there's no, you know, about them. And they've got Carlton. Yeah, who are going to be stinging a little stinging, bit. Yeah. Um, because, but Voss is one of the great communicators of football. And what he said after the game is that we have relied on our contest so far this season. It's something that we have basically banked on because we saw it in the preseason, how much it, it clicked, how much it's clicked so far this season. And then today he, he didn't say they didn't have answers, but it did catch them off guard how much they were beaten in the contest by Gold Coast. So yeah, they're going to be stinging to come back. So it looks like it could be even harder. So that's the call. Port Adelaide are nearing rock bottom and they may just hit it next Sunday. The next lesson or topic we've taken out, are the Bulldogs repeating history? Oh, they got to kick it straight. No, you got to put it through at some point. And I talk as a supporter of a team that's had Can't problems <laughs> with, you know, it's just, when we kick more goals and points, it's a good weekend. Yes, right. And I, I, did they do it? Yes. I don't know. Mm. Maybe the Dockers did, but like the Bulldogs, it's, it's too much. There's too many opportunities. It's, you look at all their ball getters. They all had high numbers. They all had it where they wanted and they couldn't do it. They had the opportunity and... Yep. yep. They're one and three, so expected to regain their momentum. They're too good a side not to, and mm. so they think they might feature in September, but 
They need to start sorting that momentum out mm. earlier rather than later. So Good Friday <laughs> up against North Melbourne should be, should a, be a, cracker. a chance for them to do that. Next, Dion Prestia might be Richmond's most important player. Mm. It's, a, it's a good thought because he might be someone that you know falls down the list of the guys that you want to give your attention on the Tigers. So not saying that he doesn't ever have someone playing on him, but he is so reliable and consistent that, yeah, does become important. And we saw that today with, say, Paddy Cripps. Um, going out of the blues, how important he was to the team because he brings other guys into it. Mm -hmm. So Prestia has a similar sort of role that he is passing it out, getting the ball from the the coalface and getting it out to everyone else. So if you don't have that, yeah, uh, you you start looking around for who can jump in. Collingwood's taxing game is costing them late. (sighs) Well, (laughs) I think if um, you're losing to the Eagles at this point of the season, you're playing into their hands which is basically turning it over in the back line. And there was a whole heap of that um, with, you know, McGovern having the, the high possession count that he's had the last two weeks amongst others. Barras was one of the best on for the Eagles. So, yeah, um, Collingwood most certainly played into the Eagles' hands. But also, yeah, if you're running out of gas, you can't kick straight either, can you? So <laughs> it all starts to go from there. So they're two and two and the... Uh, you know, go forward at all cost mentality is mm. what uh, we believe might be wearing them a bit thinner down late in the games mm. and that skill execution when you're tired, mm. uh, questionable. North Melbourne made a big leap despite losing again. As a, as a coach, Jenny, do you buy into the team that can't win? Like it, it's that they've been that far away from a win. They've forgotten how to win. Do, do, do you buy into it that as a, a as a concept? It can like, be a habit. So one of the biggest coaching points or philosophies, I guess, that I try to instill is that you want to lose by as little as possible. Right. Because you're going to lose games, mm. but you want to see your players lose by as little as possible to stay in the game because then you're more likely to be putting yourself in winning positions. Yep. And I think we saw from North Melbourne that mm. direction change. They they lost by as little as possible. They made the Swans work exceptionally hard to beat them. Yep. That's how, if you're going to lose, you've got to lose that way. Mm. I love how they're trying to hold Jason Horn Francis back and Jason oh. Horn Francis is like, no, 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 I'm <laughs> sorry, it. I've had a football in my hands since I was born. Like, <laughs> this is just natural to me. <laughs> oh, he's, so that's what I mean. Like, you talk about things like you smiling, yeah. talking about North Melbourne and yeah. how they're playing. Yeah. So it's, it's I good think they ha- they, it was a good game for them yeah. and something that they can go, okay, let's, let's have a foundation yeah. of that and keep going. It's a big week for GWS. Oh, boy. Did we say before about driving someone else's car? Like, it'd be a pretty good car to drive. And we used to always say about the Ferrari GWS and his, uh, Leon Cameron was handed the keys to it and stuff like that. But, yeah, one and three, start to the year. Um, that last quarter by the Dockers was pretty unexpected. So they let the run get on there. But they were also a little tired. So, but putting off the contract talks... That concerns me. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happens. You can read through that article on sen.com.au or across any of the links in the social media as well. We'll be wrapping up Sunday nights on the other side of this. Stick around. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Well, Sunday night's the first of these shows. It's winding up to a finish. Thank you to all our callers for getting involved on 1300 736 736. Hita and myself have thoroughly enjoyed the evening. Yeah. Hita, we were just speaking about the top six takeaways from the week that you can catch across at the SEN website, mm. sen.com.au. Tony got in touch. I knew Tone. Here are Tone's, four, uh, Tone's Sunday AFL observations for round four. Love that. One, the Blues received severe sunburn even though they played at <laughs> night. <laughs> Two, the Waffle Eagles playing away defeat a hapless Pies outfit. Yep. Three, 
the dogs well and truly caged and locked up by <laughs> rampant tigers cohort. Four, the Cardinia Cats win as usual at home. If only they could win the finals that count the most. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, he's fair, but he gives everyone a whack as well, doesn't he? So, enjoyed that. Five, the Saints well and truly send the Hawks to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> These are the key takeouts from round four, thanks to Tony. Tony's uh, Sunday AFL observations. I can't wait for round five. I look forward to hearing from Tony next Sunday for sure. It's been great doing the show with you, Hita. Thank you, Jen. Hopefully everyone has enjoyed Sunday nights here on SEN across Australia. I know we have. We look forward to talking to you again on Sunday nights. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.